This DJ and TV show is sponsored by DJ Event Planner, Electra Voice, DJ Trivia and DJ Bingo, ProX Direct, NLFX Pro. Promo only. Odyssey cases. Perfect portals. JMOS lighting. Instant DJ requests. And our DJ and TV insiders. This is John Young from DJN TV. Thanks for watching. Good evening and welcome to tonight's DJN TV training nights. Tonight we're going to discuss leads. Leads, those things that bring business to your biz business. Yeah, that's too many businesses. Anyway, things that'll make you money. That's what we're after tonight. And of course, I'm joined by the regular Monday night host, Dan Carpenter. Good evening, Dan. Hello. And we've got kicking off tonight's schedule. We are going to have a variety of different guests tonight. And our very first guest is Digital Dave. Dave, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. So so I'm going to turn things over to Dan because Dan's been doing a lot of the interviews for, uh, for tonight's show because we've got total of eight guests that will be on with us this evening. So, Dan, I'll, I'll put it in your court, and I'm going to listen and learn. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, as John said, Dave, thank you very much for taking time to, to join us tonight. So, hailing from Pittsburgh, PA, I'm really kind of curious because I'm, I'm the fellow PA person about four hours from you, and I'm kind of curious to see what things might be different in the big city versus where I'm at. So, but where I'd like to start, obviously, with this conversation is, you know, when you think back about all the time that you've been in business, from the from the time you first got started, you know, first got an inkling you wanted to do this, to where you're at now, what do you think has been the best, uh, the best form of generating leads, whether that be the time it's taken you, the effort, the, the money that's involved, where do you think has been the best uh, piece for those leads over the years? I mean, I think the absolute best piece has been referrals from other professionals, whether it be other DJs, uh, whether it be in the nightclub market, which I, I work in, you know, uh, managers, bartenders, or, or in the wedding and event market, um, you know, planners and, you know, even photographers, videographers. Um, I would definitely say in the private event market now for me, it's absolutely planners. Um, but I, I know, you know, in, in the bar market, it was, you know, definitely just a, a network of, you know, knowing, you know, managers, other DJs, you know, a DJ got offered a job and they couldn't do it and, and, and they sent it your way. So really uh, building a good referral network of other professionals has been, been the biggest thing always for me. Now, you've mentioned already kind of a, a split that you do. And, and for those of you that don't know, um, Digital Dave obviously does, is very well known for his club and, and, and bar work and things like that. But then he also has a very successful mobile site. So do you feel that 
I mean, you mentioned about the professionals, but do you feel that one side of your business lends more to that professional referral more than another? Or do you feel it's kind of, you know, what, that's really going to be the best for both? I think it, I mean, I think it's the best for both. The biggest difference I would say for me in the, the club and bar market was anytime in my entire career, and especially when I was just starting out, that I was looking for work, I would always go out to any night I was off. I mean, you know, when I was 21, 22, 23, it was easy. You wanted to go out. If I was off work, I would go out and I would go to always to bars or clubs that had DJs. And um, I would say I got five, six years. I got almost every gig I ever got was I would be on a place on a Thursday and I'd be hanging out and the manager or the DJ would say, Hey, you know, we're starting a a Tuesday night here, but um, you know, the regular DJ that works Thursday isn't available to do it. Can, can you do Tuesdays here? You know um, really, I had a lot of experiences like that where, you know, I just happened to be in, in the right place at the right time, but it was by design. I, I always made myself, you know, available or, you know, I would, I would hang out at a venue all the time on say, you know, a Thursday and then the DJ would need off for a night. And, you know, I knew the format because I was always there. And I still tell younger DJs to this, uh, to, to, to this point right now, I've had times where I have to take off a club gig. And if there's someone that's always there, uh, they see me play every week. They see what the crowd responds to. They're the first person I'm going to to ask to work for me. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a slightly, I guess it's a slightly different method of networking. Um, you know, uh, you're really with the weddings and a private events, it's more, you know, you can't really go, go out, you know, to events when you're off. So it's really more making sure when you're at an event, that you're staying in touch with um, the the people that are running the event, um, that you're you know not just coming in and doing the event, but you know talk to the photographer, talk to the you know uh, planner, you know if you find out if they have you know kids or families, and you know connect with them on social media. Sometimes if there's a planner I haven't worked with in a while, but I have a good relationship with, I'll. I'll just, you know, send them a text, give them a phone call, just, you know, not even ask, not even ask, do you have any work for me, but just, you know, call, ask how they're doing, how their family's doing and just, you know, uh, keep in touch with that network. Nice. So I want you to think back and, and this is, I, I like to do this in, in kind of a negative way for lack of better terms. So we're going to think back over the, you know, the years that you've been doing this. What is just something that you've done over the years that you're like, no, never again, forget it. I, I, I hated it, whether it's because it didn't work or it just doesn't fit you. So I will say this doesn't fit me because some people love this, but um, I, w- I will say doing, doing bridal shows. I, that is not, it is not me. And and I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not a big like seller. Like I I don't, I don't like the whole sales part. Like, you know, my goal and I've, I've achieved this. My goal is to create a, a, an image and a, and a business model where I was well known enough and doing a good enough job that basically when inquiries came in, if I was available, they, they wanted me, you know, and that was my goal. And, you know, I definitely had to sell myself some over the years, but my goal was get to the point where, you know, you're just answering emails. If you're available, they want you. Um, so for me, you know, I'm not saying don't do bridal shows. I, I know people that have been in business even longer than me that have tons of work that still do bridal shows like uh, Mike Walter. But for me, it's just, it's not my 
it's not my cup of tea. So that's, that's something that, that it's just personally not for me. Oh, it completely makes sense with that. So what are some other things that you've done? You know, we talked about the stuff that didn't work. What are some things that you've done kind of in that middle range? So for, for those of us who maybe are, are watching this and, and building our businesses are not to that automatic referral, kind of maybe like you don't really care for the bridal show, or maybe we do, but that's just one extra thing in our pocket. What are some other things that you've used to kind of get you in that from that beginning to now? So, um, I mean, I, I definitely over time have used uh, the knot and wedding wire. Uh, at one point, I don't have paid accounts on them anymore. At one point, I did have paid accounts. But I, what I like about them is it's a great way to um, connect uh, or pardon me, co collect leads. So, you know, or, or pardon me, not collect leads, connect, re collect reviews from couples you've worked with. So not that you can't give, have them send you, um, a review or, you know, some couples will email you on their own, but if that review is on that site, it's, it's going to appear to a potential client as much more official, you know, right. uh, this, this is a review that was on the knot that was on wedding wire. So, um, I, and I do still use them for that. I do still ask for clients to review me on there. And when I do get new clients, I do still send them my links to those pages, um, just so that they can look at my reviews. Um, also, I'm I'm a very big proponent of this, and I beat this drum to death. But um, making mixes, um, and I have um, now a Mixcloud uh, page, which I probably have somewhere around 60 mixes on. Um, I used to have a SoundCloud page. Before that, I literally uh, was burning CDs and giving out CDs. Um, and I'm a very big proponent of that is the best way that you can show somebody what you can do. Um, you know, I, I have clients all the time that are, you know, they're like, oh, we love your mixes or, you know, I try to have a great variety. I have everything from, you know, Motown and disco and eighties mixes to, you know, modern hip hop and electronic dance music mixes. So I, I have kind of a, a large gauntlet, a large variety of them. And so, you know, I always send clients the link to my mix cloud page and I say, Hey, like, you know, you can, you can check out these mixes, what, you know, see if, see if something kind of touches your tickles, your fancy. And, and almost always clients have, they find something on there that, oh, we really love, you know, pop punk from the two thousands, or we really love nineties hip hop and we love this mix or that mix. And so, um, I always say it's it, one, it's the best way that you can show a client what you can do. Uh, it's like your version of, of doing a tasting if you're a bakery or, or showing your portfolio if you're a photographer. And the other reason I love it is I have some people that just get on there, subscribe to me, and they just listen to my mixes. And maybe they're listening to my mixes for five years, and then all of a sudden they have an event. And then I actually DJed in um, San Francisco, we're north of San Francisco, um, a birthday party, a 50th birthday about two weeks ago because um, the it was another DJ, DJ Fabian, and he became a big fan of me through my mixes. And then when it was his 50th birthday, he flew me out to, nice. to play his party. So um, that's, that's something I'm a very, very big proponent of. Um, you know, obviously you can do, uh, advertising on not wedding wire, you know, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're a salesy kind of person, by all means, I think, I think, uh, wedding shows are, are a great tool. Uh, again, I don't poo poo them. They're just not, not for me. So Dave, when you're, you're talking about social media, if you could kind of break it down a little bit and say, I get 
5% of my work from people who find me via social media. Have you ever done anything like that to be able to kind of track, you know, where they're coming from to know if social media um, has been the, the driver for you? I'm not, not necessarily. I mean, I've never, I've never done the numbers. Like how, like how many of my leads are specifically, you know, social media versus other. Um, but I will say that uh, Instagram for me, at least is my biggest social media that I get uh, inquiries from. And that I, I feel like I have the best, the best following on. Um, I mean, that is the social media that, you know, other than, you know, maybe for them, at least for the moment, TikTok, but Instagram is the one I would really strongly encourage DJs to, uh, to be on and, and not just to post occasional, you know, pictures or videos, but also it took me a while to kind of start doing this, but, but keeping up with a story and, and showing, you know, every weekend, just, you know, it can just be two or three little clips from either, either during your event, during dancing, during, you know, setup, just what the room looks like. And, and people see that and they see where you are. And, and it's amazing how many times I go to a gig and, and the current client or the bride or groom say, oh, you know, I saw you were in Miami last week, or I saw you were in San Francisco last week. And they, they see they follow your story and they, sure. they see what you're doing. And some people are, are decent at the posting, you know, uh, you know, stills on there, but not good at keeping up with the story. But a lot of people like to like to follow that now. And the way the algorithms work, if someone starts watching your stories, then your stories keep popping up for that same person. So it, I mean, I always also have found that to be a good tool. And, and again, I would say out of all the social medias, I think for, for potential for booking gigs, Instagram is probably the best at the moment. Nice, nice. So, so my next question basically kind of falls in line with this, which is, um, and, and it kind of goes right there because you said, you know, it, for the moment you're thinking Instagram is, is there. If you were to kind of, you know, crystal ball it here, five years down the road, what do you think is going to be the, the best source of leads? Do you think there's something that DJ should start preparing for now because five years down the road, that's the direction we need to turn to? I mean, I... I, I, I'm going to say things change so much now that, that I don't even, I don't even know there, there might be, there might be a platform that doesn't even exist right now. That could be the biggest thing five years down the road. Um, you know, if you're, if you are of the mindset to, to, uh, I guess, uh, commit to doing uh, TikTok or Instagram reels on a regular basis, I would suggest doing that. It's something I'd love to do. I, I it's been on my to-do list, but everyone that I talked to that has been really successful at TikTok, um, people like uh, Mr. Wired Up and Nick Spinelli, like I've talked to these guys in person and, and they've all kind of reiterated, um, Eric Rhodes, they've all reiterated that the key is consistent commitment to putting out content, putting out at least one, if not two um, you know, short videos a day on those platforms. So, 
it is, it, it's a commitment and the people that have been successful uh, at it have, have, you know, fulfilled that commitment. But uh, that, that's kind of where I would suggest someone to go if, if you're looking towards the future or even the present, I guess. But um, it's definitely something, like I said, you can't just, you know, once or twice a week post something on there. The people that have become successful on it have told me that the secret is just a commitment to posting and posting and posting one or two times every day. Hmm. That is a lot more than most people have time for. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and really, some and some people, and some people. I will say this is my concept. If I ever, if I am able to do it, my concept is I'm going to bank up a bunch of videos, like go spend a day in my studio and record, you know, 50 videos at one time and then be able to trickle them out slowly. Like I, I know that I don't have time to record, you know, one or two videos a day, but yeah. I'm, I'm thinking maybe at some point I'll have a full day or two days where I can, you know, do a bunch and just have them banked up and trickle them out. And, and if I ever do have that time that, you know, I, I will start a, a TikTok account and see how it goes, but uh, I still haven't had that time. So, uh, Dave, can just uh, as we're getting close to the end here, the, you're talking, of course, wedding and special events, and you connect with and you get leads from some photographers. You mentioned uh, caterers and such. Um, are there any, is there anyone else that are involved with those special events that uh, you know? Those are those are two usually. I want to say maybe low hanging fruit when it comes to that because everyone's you know wants to be friends with the catering manager and the other. Um, but do you do anything that maybe? gets some of the attendees to become the, uh, that, that, uh, spokesperson for you. Um, yeah, I mean, really, and I have gotten a lot, I do get a lot of weddings, uh, especially, uh, that I book from attendees that are, that are at my wedding, uh, and, or that are at a, at a wedding that I'm DJing. And then they, you know, conversely book me for, for their wedding to the point where I believe last fall, I had a wedding where I had, four different couples that I previously DJed for nice. and then the current couple that was getting married. So I had five couples that I had DJed their wedding and they were all at the same wedding. So, um, I, but that's just, and it's the best, the best place to do it. Um, even to, um, you know, even with, with the planners and catering managers and stuff, it, it's really just doing the best job you can in your market. And, and for me, you know, I try to have, as many boxes checked as I can. I try to have a clean setup. I try to have a setup that that sounds good. That's always you know loud enough. I you know really focus on um, you know professionalism. Uh, music programming has always been you know very important to me. So I'm trying to separate myself and be unique and not playing what all the other DJs that are you know people are probably hearing are playing. So I try to set myself apart musically um, and and really. Uh, just just do the best job that you can. But I, I do always preach that the uniqueness will help you. Uh, a lot of times DJs have the, uh, I guess, gripe that you, that you fall into the whole, um, you know, someone, so we found someone cheaper, someone's going to do it for less money. And so the way I look at it is if you're unique, if you're different than the person down the street, then price becomes less of a factor. Some people will have budget still, but if they really want you, they know they can't get your style from the guy down the street. So even if he's $500 less, they want you, you know? And so um, whether it be your MCing style, whether it be the gear that you have, whether it be 
um, you know, your programming and music style and, and ideally all of the above, I definitely suggest trying to set yourself apart and be as unique as you can in your presentation at, at events and weddings. That's interesting. Uh, the idea of that, and this is a topic for another show, but talking about the uniqueness that you're really striving for when it seems that as an industry, we kind of go trying to, oh, everyone's got a podium or everyone's got a, a facade or everyone's got the up the totem up lights or the everyone's got those little LED wands. We get to that point where everyone is trying to look the same <laughs> and and you're really focusing on that unique side uh, to make yourself stand out. It's a, kind of an interesting because you don't hear that as much as you would like to uh, hear that within the industry. So that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even from a music standpoint, you know, I, I absolutely, you know, play if you go on, you know, any of the, the websites that offer the, you know, top hundred or 200 most requested wedding songs. I mean, there's, there's absolutely songs that I play on those lists, but I also play a lot of songs that aren't on those lists. And I think a lot of DJs that do weddings or events, probably 80 to 90% of their set is, is on that list of 200 songs. And that's not, you know, making yourself unique, that's not going to, that's not going to catch anyone's attention, whether it's a planner, whether it's a couple that's in the audience or, or a potential client that's in the audience, that's not going to catch their attention. Yeah. Topic for another show. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. You're Uh, welcome. Yeah. Dan, you want to wrap us up and we'll keep, we'll head to Chris uh, Washburn next. Sure. So real quick here, uh, Dave, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what is the easiest way that they can go about doing so? Uh, I mean, that probably just hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram is at DJ digital Dave one that's at DJ digital Dave and the number one. And, um, I I have a link tree link in there that takes you to my website, my mix cloud. If you want to, you know, check out my mixes and kind of takes you every, everywhere that I have from that link tree. So Instagram is probably the best, best place to start. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing your, your nuggets of knowledge here. And uh, thank you because it's, it's good to know that Pittsburgh is in good hands, but uh, that things aren't too crazy here in Pennsylvania. So we'll be back here in just a few moments. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody, and we have DJ Chris Washburn, Washburn Entertainment, and I can't, I'm going to start over because that was just horrible. Blah, blah, blah. I love that. Save that for the, that was. the, the outtake that was, role. That was. That was great. All right. So, and Michael's going to be like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. We've got Chris Washburn, DJ Washburn, Washburn Entertainment. How many more times am I going to say your name? Keep Introducing it going, you, keep man. it coming. <laughs> Washburn Wildfires, Washburn Guitars, yeah, whatever you want to say. Washburn University in Kansas, it all works. It's all about the marketing. It definitely is. Uh, but we are talking about leads today. And so one of the questions that I, I need to know, because you have really kind of built things up for your business, but ideally, what do you think has been the best time effort, money, like when you take all those things involved, what do you think has been the best at developing your leads? Sure. Great question. Well, Dan, thank you for having me. And of course, John, the rest of the uh, DJ and TV team, always a pleasure to be here. So 
talking about leads, if you had asked me what is the most valuable, I think this is probably the question or the probably the answer that most mobile DJs are going to give, and that is probably from the the word of mouth leads, the vendor referral list, the the other vendors that give the the leads, right, or the people that have been to your events. So is that something you necessarily directly put money into? No, not necessarily. I mean, maybe if you get like the, your favorite venues, get them gifts at at the holidays, things like that. Sure, that's spending money. But I think overall, in general, it's just having a good product, doing well when you're in front of people and always having that mindset of even if it's a small wedding and and the couple has been hard to work with or it's a small crowd, they're not dancing as much. And instead of bringing that down, I always tell people, you never know who's listening or who's watching. It could be a crowd of 10 people there, but that one person that sees, oh, wow, this person's not not packing it in today. Uh, that can lead to huge things. So you just never know. So I think just overall that the best leads come from you being good and being at your wedding. When you do a wedding of 200 people, that's 200 people uh, that could potentially hire you or refer you to another 200 people. And obviously that just builds like a pyramid, right? So I think overall our best leads when it comes to, now I think most of this is gonna be talking about weddings in general, I would say. Club things are different, you know, sports games, that's a little different. But with weddings, with mobile events, uh, you know, just having the people that are there, uh, vendor lists are very, are very key, very important to us. And think about it from the client perspective, <clears throat> usually the first thing they, they book for a wedding is their venue. So they go to a venue and all of a sudden venue, uh, whatever venue tent, a, B, a, B, 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 C, D, whatever they say, Oh, wow. Now we've got this wonderful list of preferred vendors and, and this person Washburn entertainment. Well, we love them here and here, check them out. And so automatically that builds credibility in their minds. They might not know who we are, but Hey, if the vendor, the venue that they trust, obviously the venue doesn't want them to have a bad time. So they're not going to refer someone that is bad and makes their job harder. No. So you already have that credibility. So I think getting on the vendor preferred list is very, very key, very huge. Um, because then it already builds you up, builds credibility and makes you look better uh, at the first impression. And it's a first impression that it's the uh, the first indirect impression, sort of say. You only get one chance at a first impression. And of course, the first impression of you is, is maybe them finding you on social media or having this face-to-face -face Zoom, right? But before they even meet you, they have that impression from a vendor preferred list. Um, I think also getting, uh, getting other professional wedding industry uh, pros to refer you as key the photographer videographers caterers etc because again when they say someone it usually comes with a little more weight than just a friend on facebook that's like oh yeah i'm friends with with chris uh, i know he djs i don't really know if he's good or not but i'm friends with him so i'm going to tag him versus an industry professional that it's their image their reputations on the line again they see dozens, hundreds of the different DJs. So again, they're not going to be like, oh, well, you know, we want this person, they're bad. No, because it makes them look bad. So overall, to wrap up that question, uh, yeah, overall, I think just being able to uh, do well and perform and get on those word of mouth things. Now, if you want me to answer, kind of go on, okay, things that you pay for, like say Instagram, uh, Google, that type of thing for next leads. I think my next answer after the just being good at what you do in front of people, from my personal experience, I think Google, uh, Google ads, because um, most people, when they search for stuff now, it's, it's right on Google. They post either on Facebook, friend recommendations, or they go to Google. So I think one of the best things that, um, that I did as a company was paying for 
our Google ads. And now I kind of, I said it years ago and I think it's kind of like one of those things I said and forget it. I had, I hired an SEO company to help start because it definitely, I think that did help. But then I realized that it was probably, I was just paying them. It was wasted after a while because I figured things out and it was just more of maintenance after that point. Uh, <clears throat> but right now I think I spend about $500 a month that's just straight on Google and it puts me at the top. It has the ads and also making sure that when people search like Ithaca area DJs or Ithaca wedding DJs that our company is in the top three, if not the top one, which is very important, very good because especially, I don't know if, if you guys are single ops or multi ops, but when I was a single op by myself, <clears throat> I didn't really do a lot of the extra advertising because I was just booked enough as on my own from connections from the events, etc. But when I started to become a multi op and bring people in, yes, then it was needed to, I wanted to bring in more leads as well. And that's when I first got into Google and um, started doing that and got that set up, which definitely helped because now every time on my website, when we get an inquiry, I always ask, where did this, where'd you hear about us or where'd it come from? And there's a decent amount that just say Google, Google. So uh, I think that's the most important. And then also, at least that has been the most success for me. And I also do uh, different ads on different boosted ads on Facebook, on Instagram throughout the year. No really set parameter for that. I don't say like, oh, I do one every two months and I put $500 here. It's just kind of like when I feel like doing it type of thing. Um, I also do radio ads here in our local radio market more for I would say top of mind and just having that go to like, you know, people think when they hear grocery store Wegmans and, you know, I don't know if you have Wegmans where you are, probably not, but your local grocery store, think of it that way. And I want people to think, oh, DJ entertainment, boom, Washburn entertainment. So it's a constant just, uh, you know, does that turn to as many leads? Um, probably not as much because more people are searching versus calling when they hear a radio ad in the car. Like they don't, people just pick up their phones and start calling and, <clears throat> but I think it's just top of mind reminder advertising. Oh, I heard you on the radio. It just helps build the brand, helps build the image, helps build that celebrity status type of in the area that uh, I'm grateful that I have um, have received a little bit over the last few years. And so I think a combination of all those makes sense. So that's the long answer for that. <laughs> well, tell you what, let, let's you kind of referenced this a little bit, but let's think back to those days when you were that single op and and you were trying to build your name to to be able to go into and let, and we'll focus on the wedding market. I, you started in the club bar scene, correct? Correct, I did. Yep, college bar, managing it, started learning how to DJ there, and then uh, from there it was a friends that asked me, "Oh, you DJ, right? Can you come DJ our, our you know very budget friendly wedding?" And I think I did it for free or something, and then that's where <laughs> it, it started. So when you were first starting out, then obviously you you didn't have the opportunity yet to establish yourself like to, to that credibility with those venues. What were you doing at that point to get your name? so that you can so that you can do those other events sure yeah that's a very good point you're right because like nowadays if someone sends an inquiry 95 percent of the time i can send them back a whole google folder of of videos and pictures of their venue that we've done at, and like here's introductions on this spot and location if you set up over here right and that's built up over time but you're right when i started i didn't have any of that um so starting off to build those relationships, uh, I kind of just winged it. It wasn't like I had a mentor or a coach that was like, hey, you should do this, this, and make sure you say this to the venue manager. No, I think I was fortunate enough that just my natural personality, natural getting along with people, uh, connection, network building, I understood that part. So early on, I would definitely go out of my way to try to make a connection with the with the venue managers, uh, with the coordinators, the photographers. Um, and I don't know if I did it intentionally, but like subconsciously, I, I knew that was the right thing, even if I wasn't like sure that it was going to work. 
uh just building those relationships so uh, after after events i'd always say hey do you i was probably invasive too like they're busy they're into the night they don't want to hear from some dude they don't know like and i was like hey what'd you think was that good would you good you know do you have a, a preferred list could you tell clients about us so like obviously today i'm a little more polished and i'm more professional understanding how to do that better but i think starting off was just that taking that initiative and some people were probably like oh whatever and some people were like oh you know what i actually like this this kid and sure um yeah we'll, we'll send you so i think that was one of the things i did i know early on with leads i started off with um thumbtack which you know just same thing like if you're doing wedding wire or the knot or any of those lead generation sites uh because i didn't have all the referrals or word of mouth because i hadn't done events yet so like thumbtack just getting them in uh just getting some leads so i could practice sending emails um calling them figuring out how to book them and i wish i could go back and see some of those early on meetings as i'm sure a lot of you would too and be like wow what the hell were you doing there like wow or wow we've come a long way or we learned from that uh but i do remember though when if i would and pricing wise too i knew that because i couldn't compete with the people that were established i had to unfortunately lower my price which it's the added age like all these new djs and i get it why you do that because you can't compete with people that have been around that can show all these videos all of this media and uh all these testimonials and things like that if you're new so one of the things you compete with is price which that's obviously a whole nother subject that djs can argue about like bringing your price down bringing the market down etc but for me personally yeah i started with uh you just be like okay well hey here's 700 bucks or i don't even remember what it, what, it, what i was but it was definitely lower than the market average just to get in there and get in front of people and figure out what am I doing well, what am I doing right, or what am I doing wrong. But one I think a good tip is, and that I did, when I would get a lead and I they did not book me, I would always ask them, well, why did you not do that? And I think that's something that a lot of people fail at or should do. And even if you're established, ask them like, oh, well, why did you not book me? Because that's something you can, you know, you gotta not take it personally. Uh, there's probably a lot of factors of why, right? So ask them, well, what did you do? What did I? what could I do differently or what did I do wrong? And it might not that you didn't do anything wrong. So first it might help your self-confidence instead of thinking, wow, I just suck. They didn't book me to be like, oh, well, oh, here's the real reason why they booked you because the DJ they went with is the groom's cousin, you know, and that's not because of you, but it's a, a, a tie, right? Or figuring out, well, what did I, I know early on in my career, uh, they went with someone else. They like, they, they said they loved me. They liked enjoying a uh, meeting, but they liked what the other DJ had because he had a, uh, example packet and an organization had a process and something they could show them of like how we're going to plan out your timeline and everything. You know what I did that day? I started Googling wedding planning timelines and made my own template. And obviously I have a whole system now that works well and efficient, but that was, I think a big key that helped me. That's just one example, but you can certainly, um, figure out like, okay, well, if I didn't get that lead, why is it? Ask okay. So, so when you're talking about those thumbtack, thumbtack ideas and stuff like that, what then started making the change? Like, where did you finally say, I, I can, I can be rid of that old stuff and, and move on to the new ideas? Mm -hmm. It was probably, uh, I would say I probably used thumbtack for the first two ish years. I want to say, uh, and it got to the point once I was starting to get more events and fortunately, uh, even though I would say I was not a polished wedding DJ, since I came from the clubs, this is probably back like 2013, 14, 15 era ish, because I came from the club and I knew how to mix very well, uh, that even though I wasn't a polished MC or like a really good event host, just the fact that I could mix well and people hadn't heard that in weddings and they were like, oh, wow, 
uh you know this dance floor is pretty lit that helped set me apart from this uh from from my personal market here in central new york because not a lot of djs were doing that <clears throat> and even 10 years ago i'm sure a lot of it was just starting to evolve where there were more club djs be starting to do weddings people were starting to ask for more mixing which today obviously you all know that that's a very big important key now a lot of things that why club djs are getting way more work and the old um, you know skills it just that's what this generation is looking for because they grew up in the YouTube era where they, they think festivals, they think Skrillex, they think DJ Khaled when they hear DJ, and that's what they want. So that idea of, of or my ability to mix helped, uh, I guess, set me apart and get me more word-of-mouth referrals from those events. And then that allowed me to start booking more without having to to do as many of the thumbtack leads. And I still, I, I still kept up with a little bit, but just it was a little bit less. And I think from that evolution, then it was more of focusing on, okay, my building my social media brand now so I can post on Facebook. Um, Instagram was rather newer then, it was getting there. And uh, I was late to the game with Instagram, but same, same idea. Um, and then I think probably I did my first radio ads back then, probably boosted things on Facebook, Instagram as well. So I think after, the the success with thumbtack and a couple years under my belt with successful events it gave me the confidence to know okay people like what i'm doing because they're telling me this i'm getting more bookings in to keep me somewhat busy at the time i still had my other careers too so i wasn't full-time so that gave me the confidence to like okay now what's the next step what do i do build and that got me into okay now i got to build this brand part of building that brand of course is having that social media um presence online presence website etc because then then you can use that to further your your lead generation like i said through the social media and uh, i don't know i probably did like craigslist ads and uh started doing some other advertising as well so yeah okay. so now that we now that you've transitioned do you find are, are you still doing you, you mentioned google adwords and then your word of mouth vendor lists or is there anything else that you're currently using uh that that you're really seeing some some feedback on and some good roi from yeah good uh good question so like i said being a i'm a we're a small multi-op here we've got about three or four lead wedding djs so we could do three uh you know i say three or four because you got a fourth that is in the process and we'll see where that where that leads to but three solid ones possibly more um and now yes so now we're at the point where <clears throat> i'm trying to go for the volume with leads uh with, with yes because we want we have extra people now that can take them on so like i said i still do the google adwords uh, i think i pay about 500 dollars a month and uh, that's just it's, it's been on cycle for now probably close to pre-covid that's just been going on i don't even I, you know, I get the email every month saying this is what it did and you know that's been going well because i still see so many people find us on google which is important same with photo booth too uh, like um photo booth and djing um so that's good. I've been doing radio ads for the past year or so. Again, spending about $500 a month in the our local top 40 uh, light rock uh, around here. Again, that's, I have, we do get some, some uh, leads from that when people say, oh, I heard you on the radio, which is great. Uh, I think the Google has the biggest ROI because that's just, that's the masses where the, most people are, are searching for any product, especially um, DJs. Instagram, social media, Facebook. Yes, I boost some, but not not that much because you can still get leads and get presence by if you know how to use the proper hashtags, you know how to put good content out there. I uh, you know someone like a Nick Spinelli. A lot of DJs are familiar with him. Uh, Justin the DJ, Rachel Lynch. 
all these people that they're not boosting them to get to us. No, but they're good at you know, hashtagging the venue, tagging the venue, putting uh, content out there. That's not just people, a blurry picture of someone doing the cha-cha slide like that every DJ and their mom has. Like that's not that's not setting them apart. So like cool things in the booth with transitions, with your intros good content out there and you can so the point of that is yeah you can use social media for the lead generation because now people are all over that tiktok and they are searching so if they very often that people will be like oh yeah, i found you on instagram because i hash clicked on the hashtag to your venue or if they could wedding dj clicked on that and you popped up so that doesn't really cost anything but of course you can boost some boost some ads there if you if you need so um again so the order word of mouth and what you do at your events is is the top as well as like the vendor referrals and vendor uh preferred list then i would say google for me and then underneath that um radio ads social media kind of all in the same uh down down there as well and but overall though regardless if you you pay for any of your leads and and these uh generation tools you still have to have a good brand because where it's going to send them somewhere, what to your website, to your social media, but overall it's going to send them to you as a, an entity, as a company, as a brand. And that brand has to catch their eye or be good. Um, that, that includes your content, the, the helpfulness of what you're offering, all of that does matter. And of course, so it really just comes down to um, you as your, your product and what you're putting out there and just being genuine and having good stuff to show because it may get them there, but you know, for them to take the next step to invest a lot of money in you, you got to then prove it to them that your value is there. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, I got one other question to ask. And, and this basically is, you know, you've given us a lot of great topics here. If somebody wants to reach out and just pick your brain a little bit more, what's the best way that they can go about doing so? Sure. A great question. Actually, I have a quick follow-up on that last question because a good idea just popped in my mind when I was talking about like the leads and stuff and having good leads. Yes, having lead generation, getting leads is important, but obviously being able to, to close, seal the deal and and uh, put out a good product is very more, much more important. And it's it's similar to like a restaurant, right? The promotion's one thing. Say a new restaurant opens up and they say, oh, come in. It's uh one dollar entrees or buy one get three free it doesn't matter they'll get people in there right but if your food is not good they're not coming back regardless of the price so it's the same thing with this business or probably any businesses djs if your food your entree you as a performer your product is not good doesn't matter what great promos and what you do to get them to look at you they're not going to come back and obviously that's not sustainable so you definitely got to have the good food uh if people want to reach out to me back to your last question uh usually the easiest is probably Instagram. You can reach out at DJ Washburn underscore all one word. And by the way, if anyone can find this, there's just kid in Iowa has the at DJ Washburn one post in 2014. I've tried to reach out and get that, that handle. I kind of, if anyone does that, can get that, I will pay a substantial reward to free up the at DJ Washburn <laughs> side tangent there. But yes, at DJ Washburn underscore hit me up on Instagram. I'm pretty good at communicating and uh, or even on Facebook, Chris Washburn, DJ Washburn. You uh, yeah, as if, if you know me, uh, you, you've probably seen that I'm pretty active in the public forums on Facebook, at expos at conferences, networking. So I enjoy uh, talking with other DJs, helping them out so many have helped me out along the way so it's uh you know i like giving back and helping and of course learning from my own self too so yeah if you're a passionate uh humble dj uh please reach out and if we haven't connected before we'd love to hear and see what we can do to help each other out awesome well thank you very much chris and we'll be back with the next one here in just a few hello everybody
Well, welcome back, and uh, thank you very much for taking a, a few moments there. And, and hopefully, you got it, your notes ready. You were, had your pen in hand, and and you were able to copy everything down from Chris. And if not, then you get it on the replay. That's all there is to it. You go back and you watch it again when we're all said and done. But we have a new gentleman with us. Well, we got a new. His name's Andy. We're just going to call him that. So. <laughs> yeah, Cubby's not going to say you're a new guy for some reason. I just don't know why. I don't know why. But Cubby's joining us uh, for our next session here, coming to us from the great state of Iowa. Cubby, good evening, and thanks for being with us. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So you've been doing the DJ thing for a few years, and what I want to start out with is jumping back to the early days, You know, right after the time you hung up this mascot uniform, and you're like, hey, this DJ thing, I might be able to actually, you know, do something on weekends a little bit with this. In those early days, we're talking leads. Where were you able to drum up your first first couple of years of business? Where did that come from? John, I, I really relied on the bridal food chain. I relied on venues, photographers, knowing people who got booked before me. Um, and so really buttering up. My mom always told me that if I want to make new friends, bring chocolate. So uh, about three days after an event, I'd contact a venue, ask them if they were available, and then I'd bring them a bowl of Hershey Kisses in a nice little jar. Tell them thank you for letting me, you know, let me be there. It was a great time. Your staff was amazing, whether they were amazing or whether they weren't amazing. <laughs> I fill it up there and sucked up to them and uh, brought them a little chocolate with some business cards and shared with them about the event and hopefully what we do different than other companies did. Um, but chocolate always makes new friends. And uh, of course, my photographer friends, uh, anytime they referred me, I'd give them like a $25 gift card to Starbucks, um, things like that. Because in Iowa, we don't have to grease a lot of palms like some of our friends on the East Coast sure. or, or being on a, on a list or giving a percentage of what you make. Um, they're out here in Iowa. Currently, they're willingly to refer you um, if you are a good DJ and, uh, and easy, easy to work with. That's the most important thing is being easy to work with. So when you were you're talking to venue, you, the different people and such, were you doing any kind of lead generation through advertising at that time? Or when did, you know, other avenues besides working venues and different uh, vendors? So and I hate to admit this, but the internet wasn't wildly popular back when I was teaching. Yeah, so. I know. You would have been writing on the side of a boulder, but we don't want to go back that far. Right. I mean, so search engine optimization wasn't, wasn't huge back then. So it was really a lot of uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. Um, but there, I did bridal shows. Um, we did the big ones. I didn't like to do the smaller community ones, though they were great. I just think they were a bigger bang for my buck. Okay. Uh, and we still, to this day, there's uh, one bridal show, show that we do. And we do visit that one, and so people don't know we we're still working. You know, no, we're, we don't get we don't book a lot of it because we're already referred, we're already busy or booked. Um, but it's just having your face out there um, and shaking, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies at bridal shows. So bridal shows and or just really working those uh, vendors. And, and the relationships you mentioned, of course, coming in and seeing them afterwards. Was it you know Dave mentioned earlier the the every once in a while kind of uh, you know popping a message over to them obviously using today's technology back then did you you know send a passenger pigeon note to them once in a while or how how often were you making contacts and connections virtually on the second or third day right afterwards now i've got a great program i don't know if you know about it. it's called dj event planner no tell me and more. it sends those emails out automatically for them and it lets me know when i'm coming and what i may look for need um, and then I also send a follow-up email three days after uh, the event. So I don't have to make as many in-face. But before I always went to a venue, I always called and let them know that, you know, hey, you visit, are you free? Can I swing down between the hours of two and three? Always made it, you know, 
uh, in, the, in the afternoons. They weren't busy in the, in the daytime, in the morning. Um, and just like I said, but that was what I mostly did. But now I've got DJ Event Planner, sends those emails up for me. I don't have to do a thing. It runs like a sewing machine. Same thing with same thing with photographers. Um, I'll always uh, I like ten days after for a photographer, DJ Event Planner will say, "Hey, my God, it's been great work with you. Can you send me some pictures from your event? Please watermark them. I'd love to show the, uh, share them on social media." And always gets a response back from all my vendors. Wow, that's surprising. Because usually you hear stories of of the opposite, where it's like, "I never got a picture. They promised me a picture." What'd you do to get that picture? Were you, were you hard to be with? Would you like tell them not to put your equipment? You know, so many times I see on social media where DJs get uh, offended when a, when a photographer puts their bag near their stuff. And I'm like, man, put your stuff behind me. I'll watch it while you're out, you know, and they really appreciate that. I'll get the photographer's water uh, during a photo, photo session. When I get a bride, you know, I'll go set up. I get there two hours early. I set up um, and then I go check on the bride. Hey, while they're taking pictures, do you, I don't mean to interrupt. Do you want a water? Are you, are you hot? You know, an awesome photographer. You, do you want a water as well? And a lot of times, like, oh my god, thank you so much. So I want to be that guy uh, that makes your life easy. And when you make their life easy, they love to work with you. And if they love to work with you, they're going to refer you. So you, since you're doing emails now, connecting with the vendors and such, the chocolates are a thing of the past. Yeah, has, has um, only because, has I've, been, only because I've been doing this for 18 years. And there's not too many venues that I haven't, you know, that I haven't visited. There's a few new ones, and when a new one pops up. Um, I'll take them, you know, something and say, hey, congratulations on opening. Uh, this is a beautiful venue, whether it's functional or not. Um, I'd love to. There's some that are not even functional. I don't know why they got their plans. Um, but I'll still go out there and just, you know, see if they're available. I'd love to come out and view the property. Um, you know, we got a booking there, you know, in the near future. And just love to come out and see you and talk to you. Um, once again, just taking a small jar of Hershey Kisses um, and and uh, make, making the connection. I would think there, if if you were, have done that over, there'd be some people who'd be like, "Oh yeah, what are you bringing me more chocolate or you know whatever?" <laughs> well, I don't get the expensive kasha. I don't yeah. get the bougie chocolate. Yeah. I don't get the French or nothing, but yeah. the, the Belgian. <laughs> so, so that, that's how you kind of started. Now, as you are coming into, you mentioned, of course, that you're still doing some things with the email and such. But where are the, kind of today, where are most of your leads coming from? If you would look across the spectrum of uh, events that you've got coming in and booking. Uh. Three three avenues, um, venue, photographer, and families. Uh, oh, I guess four. Um, we do uh, midweek money. We do trivia at, at a lot of locations, 14 different locations around the Des Moines and Central Iowa area. And that is a breeding ground for young adults. You know, they bring their first date to trivia. They come out every week. Um, and so I get a, a lot of weddings off trivia players. And I go to a wedding like, didn't you do trivia at this place? I'm like, yeah, I did. Oh, my God, thank you. Remember me. You know, and they see your personality while you're hosting. And they see a lot of my DJs. I train them to do trivia and then bring them up. It's a great way to get Mike comfortable on the mic um, while they're doing trivia weekly. So that when they go to host a wedding, they're more comfortable. And I can be able to roll with stuff easier at trivia. So when it comes to a wedding... So my DJs go up there and they get a lot of leads off their their wedding, uh, their trivia venues as well. So I got to say, I got to throw in trivia too, um, doing weeknight events. If, if you have the availability to do so, bingo or trivia um, is always great, great breeding ground for young adults. That's where you want to hit is where the young adults are at. And bingo and trivia is a huge, huge thing for us as well. And you mentioned one of the things with, you know, you individually as you were getting started and, and then now you've, you've referenced your guys. Do you have any, do you have them doing anything with the follow-ups or do you kind of handle all of that, you know, kissing baby aspect to, to kind of keep this future leads? I, I do that as the owner of the company. 
Um, I'm the one that kind of goes out and shares them about my staff, you know, support my, my diversity of my staff. Um, we got a female DJ that knocks it out of the park. She's great on the mic. She's got great energy. Um, and we got other male DJs. So um, I think, like I said, I just kind of go out and introduce my staff, share with what we have to offer out. Each person is different, um, but we all do the same thing. So, but I'm the one usually out there kissing. But with the trivia, they're on their own and meeting their own teams and and getting their brides on that. And so when they when they lead when they get a lead in, just got one in for a female DJ um, today, and she we request this DJ, and I'm like, oh, there you go. That's that's where it comes from. So, so in the, you've got, of course, more than just yourself who are out there doing trivia during the week. Do the other trivia hosts also have people see them there and say, hey, we want that person? Does that happen quite a bit? Or is it one of those things that they see, see you and they maybe get the name that, uh, that it's you know, Cubby's company, and then they call Cubby um, and to get a DJ? Or I, I want to yeah. know how many, how, much, how many times there's that connection where they see you know, Fred from Cubby's company and they, they just love Fred because his personality came through at the show. Um, they all have business cards and then when it comes to booking, they refer them all back to me so that I share with the program with them. So there's not any confusion as to what our pricing is and, and the different packages that we have to offer. So they're actually generating the leads themselves and passing out their business cards. And then once they get that lead in, they refer it to me so I can close it. So people are, that answer your question? Yeah, I, so yeah. people are specifically that that when you, if you're a female DJ is out there doing uh, hosting trivia, people see her, like her, they want to book her or your yes. other uh, other host. They see him, like him, want to book him. Yes. It's funny you should say that because her nickname is Fred, and I thought you knew her, John. So uh, <laughs> do, it's truly her name was Fred. I was like, oh, my God, John knows her. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use real names. Under a trivia once or twice. Just, yeah. <laughs> and I lost each time. It was sad and pathetic. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's one of the areas that uh, that a lot of us kind of overlook a little bit, uh, especially if we're not in that younger those younger years where we're you know Dave mentioned you know being out in the, in the bar and being seen in the clubs, and then he was able to work his way and be present in those those situations uh, have you been doing the trivia thing for or, or i should say been doing the bar work then from the beginning when you first started or is that something that you've been you Six, added trivia? Yeah, 16 years i'm sorry to interrupt you sir yeah. um 16 years been doing trivia in the des moines market um so we've been around there for a lot of years um so i don't i've never dj'd in a bar um I, i'd rather do a wedding and make you know in yeah. iowa they don't pay a lot um for djing in a bar um so I never DJ in a bar, but we did do bingo and trivia uh, at, at, at for years at bars. So, have so, you noticed it's always sorry? Go ahead. Have you noticed that the the trivia has always kind of come along with that referral, or is there something that you've kind of changed with how the trivia is run that's really kind of maybe sparked it more recently than others? No, Dan, I would say that it's we've always done the same program uh, through all these 14 years, haven't changed the format at all. It's just the personality of the host. And I've got and not all of my trivia hosts are wedding DJs, just mm-hmm. some of them are. Um, so I've got some that um, when you go to a restaurant, you know, you got the people that show up on time, do a good job. They don't knock it out of the park. Everybody needs those types. So but I've got some that show up on time. Uh, do a great job and then knock it out of the park. And those are the ones on my wedding DJs. My other DJs are great, um, but just didn't, maybe didn't want to work on Friday or Saturday nights or you know, sure. DJing weddings. It's, it's too much for them or whatever. But the ones with the, with the great personalities, I mean, 
they make it, it's, it's you teach them how to mix you teach them you know uh how to program music and you share them all those great videos from mike walter and dave lander and all those guys you know you can train them to, to mix music personality you've got to have you just, it's, not, it's hard to train certainly it is that it is Let's talk a little bit about uh, referrals from people who are at or leads that come in from your events. You're doing a wedding and uh, and, and people see you and they're like, hey, I like this guy. Uh, how often does that happen as far as if is that a, a, ten, a small percent, a medium percent, a large percent of, of your your business is, is that type of a referral? And um, are there things that you do at shows that lead to more potential referrals where people are coming up and saying, hey, I need a card? Yeah. Um, golly, Pete, John. So I always like to carry business cards with me. Um, you're providing a great service and, and using that, your personality throughout the event, um, doing things during the event that maybe some people don't do, like carrying the plate for the bride. Um, this past weekend, I had a uh, fan. It's hot here in Iowa. So I've got this on Amazon on Prime Day. I let the bride, we were outside. She was taking the fan. Um, they loved it. So now I got two of them, one for me and one for her. Um, so just small things that people notice or look around because um, uh, they're always watching you and watching what you do. Um, and then if I don't have a business card and on me, because they gave the last one out and I didn't refill my wallet, I've got a sticker with a QR code on my laptop that they can hit that QR code, that sticker, shed it, and puts it right in their saved phones. So I try to do as much as I can uh, as far as, you know, marketing and, and making sure I have a business card with me at all times. But if I don't, I've got that QR sticker in the upper left hand on the outside of my computer, and they hit that QR code, and, and then people love that as well, especially millennials. Millennials, like, millennials don't take – if they take a business card, they're going to lose it, you know? Um, but they'll hit that QR code and put it in their saves and on their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely have seen that. Uh, even even at the Mall of America, they've got different QR codes in places, and it's like, hi, huh, I thought QR codes were a thing, you know, about eight years ago. I didn't, oh. uh, and now they're everywhere. They're at the mall, and there's the kids. The commercials. There's commercials with them on. Yeah, you get, yeah, exactly. I even have my phone out sometimes. I was like, oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, rewind it, rewind it. Yeah, yeah. So, so from the the lead area. Um, We've been really talking about uh, the wedding side of things. Now you do some, you do a few corporate events and non-wedding events. What uh, has been the driver for leads coming in for those types of events? Um, trivia. I am not gonna lie. We do a lot of trivia for Facebook. Wells for we have uh, here in the Midwest. We're a white. A lot of people think agriculture, but that's out in the country. But here in Des Moines, we uh, we have a lot of uh, white collar. Uh, we're a big insurance town, so we have. Uh, uh, and banking. So we have principal, home officer, principal, Wells Fargo. Um, we have a Facebook, we have an Amazon. Uh, we have a lot of stuff here. So they always like to do team building things. And and though I do, I do enjoy the podiums, uh, but only four or five people can play. Where my mm -hmm. team building is, uh, I can get everybody to play at the same time. Sure. Um, so uh, a lot, so people will come to the trivia and they're like, oh, that's to be so much fun for my holiday party. Here's my card. You know, um, call me. We'd love to be part of you because everybody, everybody wants to play a part, but sometimes you have this, you know, an A-type personality and a C-type personality. The C-type personality is not going to be the star of the show, you know, the, but they want to play, they want to participate. And so that's why I think I feel our brand of trivia um, is very uh, receptive into uh, team building because everybody can be a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then once again, just um, sometimes spouses will come to somebody else's holiday party and go, oh my God, so I went to my husband's holiday party. He had a great time. Um, and just like I said, make everybody laugh, have a great time. 
and uh, just having a great product uh, and, and, ex- and execution as well. Right. I feel like I'm all over the place, John. Yeah, you, you kind of are. But I think I think one of the big takeaways, uh, you know, even David kind of mentioned this in, in his segment and in, in you're talking in the – you're creating something unique with your personality and the things you do on a microphone, which comes through in a trivia, which is a driver of what you do. And then when you're at a wedding and you're doing some of the things, some on a microphone, some with music, but much of it, maybe not. And yet that makes you stand out and makes you unique, which I think is a, a, uh, a great, uh, kind of a great statement that uh, helps drive those uh, potential people who are like, Hey, we need to check this guy out and get a card. And I believe with a lot, a lot of it is hosting because people can remember what you did. I mean, everybody can play good. I mean, if you mix well, maybe if it's train wrecks, then it's not going to do well at all. Uh, you know, a bunch of train wreck mixing. But I think, you know, the hosting, um, using the proper announcements, using your energy, doing, uh, we do a thing called a scavenger hunt, uh, sometimes during weddings, uh, a selfie dance, things of that nature, just being different. You know, those type different things uh, and using your personality in that. Once you get to the dance portion of it, as long as it's a packed dance floor, that's what people remember. They're going to remember what you mixed into what and it sounded great. Not going to remember two days later, but they'll remember the fun that they had and the interactions you had and that the dance floor was full during the dance portion of it, during the hosting of it, during dinner um, and, you know, and all, and all the different items that you may be doing, um, dismissing the tables and the announcements you make in a funny, unique way. Um, you and the scavenger hunts or whatever uh, different things that you may be doing that's where your personality comes out where you really win people over and that helps to drive those leads yes Cubby, my friend we are out of time thank you for, no, yeah no. thanks for jumping on and and being being with us this evening it was a, a good good chat and you got to talk about a few things and we've we need to uh, do another one of our our shows where we're talking about some of those interactive uh, fun things that uh, we've done a couple and i had uh, i've had people ask actually ask about those although i do think that you pay them to ask me those questions about you know I, it was my mom yeah. it was my yeah it was I, my I, mom I told I, my mom to reach out to you yeah so can you ask give her chocolate yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so uh, we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a little quick break here, and we will be back uh, next. The, the uh, names, the order of our, our uh, the the people talking tonight with us is in the description of the video. So if you're wondering who's gonna be up next, uh, it's there. And I think Jeff uh, Brown is on the schedule next, so we'll be right back uh, with uh, Jeff Brown in just a couple of minutes. This DJ and TV show is sponsored by DJ Event Planner, Electra Voice, DJ Trivia and DJ Bingo, ProX Direct, NLFX Pro. Promo only. Odyssey cases. Perfect portals. JMOS lighting. Instant DJ requests. And our DJ and TV insiders. This is John Young from DJN TV. Thanks for watching.
Welcome, everybody. And with me right now, we have Jeff Brown, owner, runner, uh, husband extraordinaire. I, I got to give a nod to your wife, Cindy, just, just because. But with All About You Entertainment out of Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much for joining me. So as we talk about lead generation, one of the things that I want to bring up and kind of mention here or have you kind of share with us when we think about the time, the effort, the money that you've put into lead generation, what do you think has really been your best return of investment? Um, I don't know. To be honest, there's two different things. Um, one is we still use the knot and wedding wire um, and they work well for us. I know people have mixed feelings about those companies, but They've worked well for us for many, many years. Um, and, you know, I don't have a free listing. We have a definite paid listing. So we're listed a little bit higher. Um, and I think that helps, um, you know, and all those reviews and everything that we get through them really helps. Um, you get the uh, awards that you can present and showcase at your office space where you have meetings. It goes a long way. Um, and those have worked well for us. Um, and we still use them to, to this day. Uh, another one that I think has really helped us is the networking part. Uh, my wife is really fantastic with um, networking and um, creating really good relationships with the other wedding vendors in our market. And there's meetings. Uh, she is now the admin and one of the people in charge of the Savannah Wedding Vendors Group. And we have a meeting every month you know, I'll get one of my DJs or myself to DJ that. Um, um, so we're networking with those people, uh, wedding planners, caterers, photographers. They're all there every month. Uh, we work with these people all the time in the market. So they know us. So, of course, when a couple comes to them and it says, hey, do you know a DJ? Do you know a good wedding planner? Do you know, uh, you know where I can get a good photo booth? They immediately mention our name. So that helps. And another one that's really big um, is whenever a new venue or a new hotel or something comes into town, because Savannah is just constantly growing and becoming a huge destination wedding spot, we always reach out to those people and say, hey, when you're going to have your grand opening or when you're going to have an open house, we would love to be there, set up some uplighting in your ballroom, uh, set up a nice cocktail speaker or sound system, um, DJ for your grand opening or open house, absolutely free, no charge. We would love to do that for you. They love that. They jump all over it. We're there. And again, we're immediately on their preferred vendor list. I mean, we're, a matter of fact, we're using the first vendor on that list then. And then we've got a relationship already. And then every time a client comes to that, hotel, whether it's a corporate event or a wedding, um, private party, whatever, and they ask the banquet manager or the event manager there, whatever, do you know a good DJ company? The first person they mention is us. I can't tell you how many leads we've gotten just from doing that. And then what happens is they end up asking us to do paid events for them. Can you do our company Christmas party? Well, of course we can. And they've already seen us. And that's a paid event, of course. We do the one free one for them to get in the door, but they understand from then on. But 
that works great. And we've done it at a lot of different venues and hotels that open up. Um, so those are three things that we do that really seem to generate a lot of um, inquiries and leads for us. I like that one, especially reaching out to those new venues, because, you know, whether whether you're in a, in a booming area like Savannah or whether you're in, in a rural area, you know, there's new venues that are popping up, you know, and, and in my area, there's a lot of barns. And so, uh, you know, just that idea, like a new one's always coming out, reaching out can really make a huge impact for that. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're, you're currently a multi-op. How many do you have with your grouping now? Uh, we have eight DJs counting me. So it'll be seven plus me. And this weekend I'm actually going to start training a couple more. So I'm hoping to get up to about 10 and that's it. I don't want any more than that. I think 10 is the perfect round number. I think that'll work. So I had 12 at one time a few years back, but um, seven or eight seems to be a pretty manageable um, for us. Uh, but there's just so much work here. Um, I think I could add easily two more and that's what I'm hoping to do. So. Okay. So, but you've not always been the case, right? You, when you started out, it was, it was basically you, right? Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you did at that point as a single op um, that maybe you kind of had to, for lack of better terms, put by the wayside, uh, maybe because of time or maybe because of the multi-op, is there anything that you can think back on that was um, something that worked then? Um, well, then when, when I was just starting out uh, and I was just by myself, I was the only one. Um, it's really all about getting your name out there. It's really all about letting people know that, hey, I'm here, you know. So I did reach out to the wedding planners in my group and say, hey, I'm a new DJ in town. When I moved here and I said, you know, I've got this much experience. I've got some radio background, whatever. And um, th that helped. And then when I did a few, I got a few under my belt. Um, people started, you know, hey, this guy's pretty good. This guy's very professional. You know, I was showing up wearing the right outfits and had the right kind of equipment. And um, at that time here in Savannah, there wasn't much of that. Um, the professional kind of, uh, person, I guess you could say. A lot of guys with speakers and a laptop, you know, a couple hundred bucks, I'll do your wedding. So when these professional planners and professional photographers saw someone show up wearing like a suit and tie, had brand new equipment, um, had a backup plan, had backup DJs. Then all of a sudden it was like, wow, this guy, you know, then the word starts to spread, you know, but you have to go to like the chamber of commerce meetings in your town, just, just to, Hey, I'm here. You know, when you're brand new and you're a single op, you know, you've got to do whatever you can to get your name out there and go into those chamber of commerce meetings and small business meetings and any kind of networking thing that has wedding professionals, if that's what you're looking to do, weddings, um, you got to go to that stuff and just pass those cards out like crazy and shake hands and, you know, and don't be afraid to do a few free events because they will come back in the end. People are like, I don't do anything for free. I, I, you know, I don't pull out of my driveway for less for a thousand dollars. You know, I'm telling you, man, th th there's a brand new multi million dollar hotel that opened up here in, in Savannah that took them years to build. And I was banging on their door and they said, okay, okay. I did their very first wedding there. I DJ their company Christmas party. I've DJed tons of corporate events there. I'm like their go-to corporate guy. And, you know, 
that's why, because I continue to knock on the door. And I mean, you don't want to be annoying, you know, um, but at the same time, just let them know, hey, I'm here for you, you know, and this is what I do and that work. But being going back to your original question, the single op, you've just got to do whatever you can to get your name out there. I, I don't remember. I don't remember being on the knot or, or wedding wire when I was first starting out. Um, I don't remember doing that, but you know, and your website's very important still to this day. Um, you've got to have a good looking website and um, you've got to have, it's got to be mobile too. It's got to look good on a phone because that's where a lot of stuff is coming from, you know, and um, now more than ever, video is really important. So if you have any video of yourself, um, doing weddings or corporate events, announcements, introductions, whatever. That seems to be what they want to see. Um, a lot of couples now, they, they want video. They want to see what you look like, what you sound like. You know, I've even had meetings at my office where they really just want to see my face. And I'm like, well, you know, my picture's on my website. I mean, <laughs> but they just want to see you and meet you. And, you know, um, that's really important nowadays. So those are the main things. I remember I really spent a lot of time when I first started out on my website. I remember that I really wanted it to look good, professional, and I wanted it to not look like anybody else's, you know, and that was huge. Cause I mean, how am I going to stand out? You know, there's a hundred DJs raising their hand and it's like, well, how are you going to pick one? You know, you want to, you want to be someone that's different. Um, you know, and that's usually a question that a lot of the clients will ask you what makes you different than everybody else. So you've got to have a good answer for that as well. So Nice. So as you shifted then from single op to multi-op, obviously some of that lead generation had to change, right? Because now you, now it's not just like selling yourself, you're, you're bringing on these new people. Um, what are some things that you do as you bring on those new people to keep the leads coming in for them? Because as they're new, it's, uh, you know, a little different. Is there anything that you're that you're going after other than the other than the knot and the wedding wire and those and the uh, vendor relationships that you set up? Um, I don't know if there's any other specific thing that I do, but when I do get like adding the new DJs to our company and putting them on our website, I try to put like a little bio description about each one up there, and I'm working on video for each one of them. But what I do is I usually have the initial consultation. I'm a little different the way I do things. I usually have the initial consultation or meeting with the couple um, when it comes to weddings. And I sit down and I talk with them and try to figure out exactly what they're looking for. And then what I do is I try to match them up with the best DJ in our company that fits with them. And it seems to be working really, really good that way. And then once I connect those to the, the DJ and the couple, then it's the DJ's responsibility to take care of everything from that point on. Um, but I do offer my DJs an incentive. I do offer them a bonus, um, you know, money if they get requested. Mm -hmm. So they have their own business cards, which our company name and everything on it. And, and it has their name, but on the backside, it says for booking call this number or, um, whatever. And then they'll contact us and say, Hey, I saw James at a wedding. He's really great. I want him for my wedding. Um, I give those guys a little extra money for that since they've been requested. So they know now too to do a fantastic job. They do a really good job at this event, hand out some cards at the end. If somebody asks for them, 
if they request get requested for another event, they'll get some extra money. Plus, another added incentive for them is if they get a fantastic five-star review on the knot or wedding wire, I give them a bonus there as well. So they have an incentive to work really hard and do a great job for us out there. And when they do, it benefits everybody because we get the fantastic review on these sites and they get some extra money because they got that five-star review or they got that referral. And then that keeps the leads coming in. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. So you guys are getting tips here, not just on lead generation, but also on a way to, to kind of handle some of that multi-optimism that might be thinking about doing that. Um, so this is going to be kind of a, a, an interesting question. And, and a, you know, do you foresee anything on the horizon, anything that that's out there as to, you know, what are you prepared for next when it comes to lead generation? Because the stuff that you're doing obviously is working very well, but are you preparing for anything that might be coming down the road? Um, I don't know if there's any one thing, but um, everything is so mobile now and everything is so with the technology and everything, everything is so right now and it's so fast and right now. So that's why your website has got to be so mobile friendly on a phone because nine times out of 10, most couples I'm finding out have already done their research on you. They know about you already. So when they reach out, they want an answer. They're not going to wait a week for you to return an email. They're not going to wait even two or three days to return an email or to say, yes, I'm available. They want to, they've already looked at your website. They already know about you from somebody or somewhere. So when they reach out, my goal is to get back with them as quickly as possible. And if I can do it in five minutes, it's gold. You know, if I can do it within a couple of an hour or two, that's even better. Um, but never, you know, responding to something from the morning in the afternoon, if you can help it, you know, never wait till the next day or because because they're they're checking other people out as well. So I think it's just faster and faster ways of people going to be trying to contact you, whether it's through social media, whether it's, you know, texting, whether it's an email, whether it's even your website or not, you've got to be able to get back to them as quickly as possible. So I'm thinking we might see new ways of contacting us coming about. Um, and you just got to be prepared, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, there's the knot, there's the wedding wire, but I'm sure there's going to be some other ones popping up soon. I mean, you got Facebook, you got Instagram, but I'm sure there's going to be more popping up soon. So these other medias and everything, just, just stay on top of them. I mean, it's hard for us old guys, but you know, stay on top of them because the younger group, they are all on all of them. They're on all of them and that's how they're reaching out. And you've got to be able to, to get back to them as soon as possible with that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for this. Uh, before we go, any one of you wants to pick your brain, buy you a cup of coffee, buy you a beer at DJX, whatever might be the case. Um, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, probably through my website. It's um, or, e uh, or email Jeff at all about you DJs. That's DJS.com. Uh, hit me up there. Uh, our website has all of our, our links on it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, when you go to the website, which is allaboutudjs.com, um, you'll see everything there. And uh, hopefully I can chat with somebody. I, yeah, we'll be at the expo uh, in New Jersey. So, you know, look forward to seeing you, Dan. That was great. Well, thanks, thanks for having much. me, man. Absolutely. I'm, so, I'm glad we could do this and we have to do this more, definitely. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you very much. We'll be back with our next one here in just a few minutes. Welcome,
DJN TV show is sponsored by DJ Event Planner, Electra Voice, DJ Trivia and DJ Bingo, ProX Direct, NLFX Pro. Promo only. Odyssey cases. Perfect portals. JMOS lighting. Instant DJ requests. And our DJ NTV insiders. This is John Young from DJN TV. Thanks for watching. Here you go. Welcome back. Thank you again very much to Jeff Brown from Savannah, Georgia. Um, I, you know, it's one of these things. I love the way connections work. I met him and his wife at an early morning walk with Mike Walter on the boardwalk in Atlantic City for DJ Expo. Uh, like my first year I went and ever since then I've kept in contact with it. I love that couple. Love Neat. them, love them, love them. Neat. Yeah. So. It's, it's interesting. The, and Mike Walter even posted on Facebook just a little bit ago about, uh, at the marquee show and making some connections and how, what we're doing now. And we're talking and, and afterwards and how in the chill room and you're, you're there and you were able to talk, but there's just some things, you know, the, the memory of, of, uh, and, you know, you and I and MJ walking down the boardwalk after we were at uh, whatever it was, you know, checking out one of those events. And those those types of things, we can't recreate the smells and the atmosphere and, and debating if we should buy funnel cakes type of thing. You just can't uh, you can't do those things online, which is unfortunate, but it's also kind of cool. Then you can go to the shows. Yeah. So we need to kind of dig into you know the the whole concept of leads. We need to go back, I think, to really for some folks who who never were they weren't around twenty five to thirty years ago when it came to uh, how how you would start a business, the DJ business, and really drive the leads. And this probably was even before your time because did you do much of, or any of Yellow Page uh, advertising in the phone books? I had one. Okay, I had an ad, but uh, no, I did not. I did not promote it i did not have like the half page ad or, or quarter page or anything like that um so, so yeah back in the day and and it's in central minnesota there were a variety of different books because we have small communities there was the small local phone exchange that had a book it was a, th a thinner book then you had kind of the regional book and then there was these big the bigger city books uh, minneapolis st paul had a big book and it was it was possible to advertise in a lot of these different books where you if you were in a larger metro area you'd have been kind of sunk or stuck with one, but there were there was a time where we were spending over a thousand dollars a month on on yellow page ads, but this was ads in like twenty five different phone books around the state, so we had these little two or three inch box ads and you would you would basically buy one at full price in one of the books and then you'd get like two books at half price or something to that effect or whatever the deals were. It was a negotiating thing each and every year that the yellow page person would come out to the house, knock on the door, and then we'd have to argue and, and go back and forth. No, that's too much. Okay, how about if we did this? Okay, how about we, yeah. 
Yellow Pages were basically one of the biggest drivers of of um, the the different uh, leads that we had at that time. And you would do things to try to get your name up to the top of the list. This is where people were using AAA Entertainment. That became a thing. Um, you know, the We were Soundforce Disc Jockey at the time, which meant that we were way down that list. So then we were thinking, you know, should we rename it to DJ Soundforce? That would move us up the list. Well, no. How about A Soundforce DJ? Yes, there were phone books in which I was listed as a Soundforce DJ, just because <laughs> to get us back up up on that list. But they, they they were such a huge driver of business for us that there were fifteen to twenty calls during prime booking season wasn't unheard of from from uh, a phone book uh, multiple phone book ads, but from from ads basically in our area we kind of covered a circle of about we didn't go to the metro Minneapolis St Paul metro area. So if, if you're kind of us in the middle of the state, Minneapolis-St. Paul's over here, we didn't hit that area, but we basically kind of covered the rest end of this big circle of the state. So it would be 100 miles to north, south, and west, but like about 80 miles to the east. And that would, that would be really drive our leads. As a couple have talked about uh, venues, well, venues were a thing for us back in, in the day. It wasn't, wasn't a big driver. And the reason it wasn't a huge driver is that early on in the, in the 80s and the early 90s, um, many venues preferred to see bands. They felt that uh, people mm. drank more when bands played, so they would prefer to see a band for a wedding. They'd prefer to see a band for a company party, whatever. So we really didn't have a nod from a a, a venue. Goodness, it wasn't until probably uh, late '90s when venues were starting to say that you know DJs aren't such a bad thing. You know, by then I suppose many of those venues figured we were going to be we were there to stay, that we weren't just a flash in a pan. So they, yeah, this whole whole transition of of going from the phone books. Then we started getting getting into some of the venues, um, but it was just an interesting time in how the like the phone books have completely uh, gone to the side. So um, I just wanted to kind of bounce back and, and hit that a little bit, and then we'll have to come back and we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about our bar and nightclub experience after Tony. So yeah, uh, did you introduce Tony in the video or? Yes, I did. Excellent. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump to uh, up next on our schedule tonight. And again, the names are in order on the uh, description of the video. You guys can pop down there. Uh, we're going to jump down to Tony next. And welcome back, everybody. Right now, we have with us Tony Lackey. Uh, this gentleman is joining us from Northern Beat Entertainment up in Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, this is like, you know, like up. You know, like like if you want to go as far north as you possibly can without saying a after every word, you're gonna have where Tony is, right? Now, I I, I digress, but uh, Tony, this is the question that we're we're asking everybody to start out with because we really feel like this is kind of the meat and potatoes of it all. So we want you to like hit hard with this first one. When you think about the time and effort and the money that's been involved in in the time that you've been uh, working. What would you say has been just the best source of leads for your business? The biggest thing for me, it, it's kind of two parts because I started my business two years ago. And the the issue was when I started my business, obviously, you know, referrals are very slim when you are just starting out, right? So I worked really hard on building a solid presence on Google in order to get some of those events in the beginning and just literally 150% at every single event, building those connections in order to 
optimize and I guess monetize every single event that I did in order to get referrals. So most of the, like, I, I don't have a profile on the wedding wire. I don't have a profile on the knot about hundred percent of the leads that I get are either coming in through Google or through referrals. And a lot of that had to do with the way that I optimized my website the messaging that I used, the call to actions that I used, the different images that I used in order to maximize the potential for anybody that was finding my website, either through Google or maybe social media. Now, in case you didn't quite catch that, he started two years ago. You know what happened two years ago? <laughs> so so Tony's, Tony's was able to, to overcome probably the, the biggest for all of us, like the biggest thing we've ever had to deal with. He was starting his business as it, as it began. So just, just in case you missed that part. <laughs> it's true. Um, so, so when we were talking, you know, you focused on the fact that your area is very much known for destination weddings. And, and I feel like when we think about that, that's got to be a different type of animal. So what is some of the things or what have you done to really kind of market that? Because within Google, sometimes you get the local results that are, are easy to kind of populate. How does that work differently with the destination aspect? So the destination aspect, it's still very much the same. It is a little more difficult as far as like ranking for like the Google map three pack. Right. Um, but as long as my biggest priority is always this, every single event that I do, I need to get a review. Like no matter what, it, whatever happens, and obviously I don't get a review every single event that I do, but I have a really high, probably about 70% of the couples that I DJ for will typically leave me a review on Google. That helps a lot. Another thing that I have had a lot of success with is creating posts in Google My Business that showcase the venue, right? Because the way that the posts in Google Business works is, you know, it will typically be visible, I think, for about 12 days. And then people don't really see it anymore. But during those 12 days, anybody that searches, it has that opportunity to show up and search. So by posting, by creating a post when I am at a venue, similar to like creating a post on Facebook or Instagram, and by mentioning the venue and maybe adding a picture of the venue, when somebody searches within those 12 day, that 12 day period, it has an opportunity to show up. Or even if it isn't kind of venue centric, if it's just a post of me doing a wedding and mentioning, oh, I'm DJing a wedding, you know, that has been really beneficial. And one thing I have found is most of the couples are going to Google to search, right? So now I, I guess I can't say it's very different because it is still very similar, right? Uh, because even when a couple is, uh, let's say they're in Chicago, right? And they are searching for a wedding DJ in Traverse City and they search it, even though Google can't necessarily take their local area and deliver whichever company is closest, you know, it still has that local intent, which causes uh, whatever, wherever I rank in there to kind of populate. So that is where most of them are looking. And honestly, as far as Facebook and Instagram goes, most of the destination brides, at least that look in my area are looking on Google. And that's typically how they are finding me.
Nice, nice. And and I, I really want to kind of pull out something that you said in there because you talked about the picture aspect. And I think, especially within Google, I think that's something that a, a lot of us don't really take as full advantage of it as we should. Um, I, I remember hearing a few years ago, somebody mentioned that at, at some seminar that I sat in and, and it was key because when they see those pictures, they see you. Like they see the results yeah. of what you're doing, um, and and that can be that can be absolutely huge. So, do you feel? I mean, in the, in the two short years that you've done this um, and and built your business, do you feel anything that you've thrown at? We'll say thrown at the wall and hope to stick has changed, or you know, is there anything like you tried and you're like, you know what, that just either wasn't my style, it didn't work for me, or you just really didn't see results from. I think the biggest thing would be like uh, Bark, you know, Event Detective, like platforms like that. And I'm not saying that they haven't been beneficial because I've also been on those platforms because especially within the first two years, my, my entire game plan is just experimenting, seeing what works, seeing what mm -hmm. is effective, and then kind of capitalizing more off of that. And especially coming from like a background in marketing, you know, I have an idea of how some of these things work. And as far as Bark and Event Detective, they have been beneficial in booking a couple events, but the, the Google aspect of it and the referrals that I get from either vendors or venues strongly outweighs any of that. And <laughs> the investment is very slim for the Google side or the uh, referrals that I get from other vendors, you know? So I would probably say that. And e even though I am still like on those platforms and I still get inquiries every now and then they just don't pull as much weight as like the Google side of things. And then the referrals that I receive. I, so, so definitely they had their place, but it, you're just, it, the time, the effort, you know, especially the money involved, not, not ranking up there as saying, you know, let, let's go full force here. It, it's not necessarily going to the payoff there. So um, yeah. now I'm going to ask, especially with your background in marketing that, that you mentioned here, I'm going to ask kind of a weird one here. And, and so fo follow me if you will. When we think about the future, right? We, you know, five years down the road, do you foresee anything changing or do you see anything that's on the horizon that we might want to kind of start maybe researching or planning ahead to be proactive you know to go after or consider for future leads yeah and we are already kind of there uh but i think especially over the next five years it is going to get more invasive and especially DJs that are kind of in charge of their own marketing, if they aren't doing this right now, they uh, they will be in trouble. And that is just having content out there, you know, having videos, having photos, having content with every single event that you do, whether that be social media, Google. Like with me, I have a routine that I do every single event before the ceremony begins. I'll, I'll take pictures of the venue space. I'll create a post on Facebook, Instagram, and Google, every single event, because every single event that you do has potential to drive new events, not just from the people that are in that room, right? From utilizing it as an online thing and creating a post with every event that you do, you know? And I think as we begin 
going into the future. And especially as that Gen Z generation, as more of them begin getting married, having content out there and having that social proof and showcasing what it is that you do that separates you or sets you apart is going to be crucial because the Gen Z generation, I, I have a feeling they are not going to want to pay anything unless they can see 100% that you are what you say you are on social media, through Google, whatever it be, you know? And I think that is going to be the biggest shift. Now, I also think that having a solid online presence, that's everything, right? That's having a solid website that's optimized for conversions, having that content on Facebook, having that content on Instagram, having just content everywhere that is branded to your business and that is showcasing your business and speaking to your ideal client, that, that's just going to be crucial because they are going to they're going to want to make sure that we are as many places as we are just to kind of build that trust and know that we aren't going anywhere, you know? You, you definitely want, you definitely want <laughs> that, that, that piece to, to prove, you know, and, and, and I, and I would even say that I've, I've seen some couples, you know, revert to the, the celebrity status, right? Like if, you know, I don't necessarily care if you deliver, but if you show you deliver, that's what I'm going to worry more about. And, and I don't want you know, not to say we want to do a subpar job, right? That, that's definitely not what right. we're saying, but, but it does create that, that different little piece here. So, all right. So got a question for you here, right? You, you've, you've talked about some marketing background. You talked about what you've done and, and you are clearly knowledgeable in the area. Like, like we didn't know that already, right? Um, if somebody wants to reach out to you, you know, what's going to be the best way that they can follow up? Because you've got a brain to pick and I know people are going to want to do that. So they can, so th there's a couple of ways they can add me on Facebook, Tony H lackey. Uh, I also created a, uh, open Facebook group. It's you are 100% welcome to join. It is the DJ marketing school. And what I'm trying to do is kind of build a community of people that are interested in learning about marketing and implementing their own marketing things. Right. Uh, marketing strategies, different stuff like that, you know, because anybody that is even the experts in marketing are constantly learning about marketing and <clears throat> it can be a fun tool to be excited about your business and it can give you a lot of great ideas so they can join that group. They can add me on Facebook or email me at Tony at Northern BMI.com. Awesome. Awesome. Tony, thank you very much. I I'm, I'm, you know what, like, the second we finish this, I'm going over and I'm going to join that group because I think marketing is one of those pieces that a lot of us kind of take for granted, for lack of yeah. better terms, because we just kind of, we we don't see that, right? We, we, we want to rock parties. Uh, we yep. don't necessarily think about the other pieces that get us to rocking those parties. So um, taking advantage of Tony and his, and his option there. And and just to be clear, so there's everything, everybody's above board, completely free for that group, right? Yeah, 100% free. 100%. There you go. There you go. And there's so nothing that we're trying to sell in the group. It is just an open place. And then I'm also doing interviews with uh, different business or different DJs in the industry, different experts. There's an interview with Alan Berg. There's going to be more uh, clips that are going to be releasing. And I am basically doing an interview with them and just kind of picking their brains and seeing what works for them and what works for DJs in other markets. Because every market is different, you know? And the marketing side of it is different based on who you are, where you are. And 
like you said, you know, there are so many DJs that are crazy talented, but that only gets you so far, especially if you don't know how to position your business and get those gigs. It's hard to generate that word of mouth without events, you know, so you need those events to generate that word of mouth marketing and get those referrals and get people to know about you. So definitely definitely it's got to start somewhere because you can't do the referrals you can't get that piece if you haven't started there to begin with so tony thank you very much we'll be back here in just a few minutes with our next one thanks dan so that was tony now, did you get a chance when you were talking that uh, to, to hear about some of the interviews that uh, Tony's going to be doing? I did. I did. Well, I picked his brain a little bit more afterwards and, and was was really kind of impressed with, with, one, what all he already has set up, but what, like, what's on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for those of you watching, Tony's going to be uh, joining us this, uh, coming up here uh, soon with, with some uh, regular interviews he's going to be doing with some of the folks in the industry. So I'll be on the lookout for that. And if it's uh, if there's uh, a topic you'd like to uh, talk to Tony about and do an interview, he would uh, most uh, most likely be starting to schedule later into the fall. So uh, reach out to Tony. He's in the chat room right uh, right down there somewhere. I've seen him there, and you guys can uh, connect with Tony, and he will uh, get you on his schedule as he's going through going through things. So Dan uh, Cubby mentioned the the idea of of his trivia being a big driver of leads for him today. And back in the day, you and I were both kind of working in some bars. I think is how MJ would refer to it is, but we referred mm-hmm. to it as clubs. Uh, but uh, I want kind of how did did that time drive leads for you? Even maybe not to the level of what Cubby's talking about, but did you feel that that experience of being out there and being a regular DJ in a bar drove leads? It. it- to a small degree, to to a very small degree, both of the places that I that I typically was playing in at the time where um, it would have benefited my wedding wedding business, they were both college bars for the most part. So there wasn't a lot of you know, hey, we're you know we're graduating college and we're getting married in a year. Like, hey, let's talk. It was it was more like they were coming out for that aspect and that only. But occasionally, I think I can probably maybe, uh, you know, on two hands count the number of weddings that I got as a result of that bar work. What it did, though, was allowed me to kind of push an envelope in one area that allowed me to go different for my weddings. And, and I, so I think my bar work really kind of helped my wedding side and that personality there, since it's so different, come on better. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if I wasn't doing the bar, it, it would have struggled developing the way it did and i think another area that i miss from the bar um speaking from that side of it is the music where you could practice playing music and find out okay does this song actually work on a dance floor like it should in my head you know you had that mm-hmm. opportunity to try a song half a dozen times without it bombing out your dance floor at a wedding i miss that part or you know something so new you play it for a few months in the bar get used to it, get used to all the other things that you could throw, maybe try this mix or that mix, like you're saying. And then by the time it would be, you know, more commonplace for the wedding, because your bar, sometimes you had to be really cutting edge, especially for the college, by the time it would be ready for the bar or ready for the weddings, you had a bunch of ideas of where you can go with it. Very true. Yeah. And what, what goes well with it? 
from my experience, I was doing five nights a week at the bar for over five years, four or five nights a week, right through the, the years. I found that, yes, there was a, a couple of occasions. Uh, what what worked the best is when we were doing country night, and I had parents that would come in and country line dance. That was the one that drove the most weddings. I picked up more parties uh, from from my opportunity working in that in that bar, which then led to weddings from the the extended uh, group. M- most of the staff there, I did most of their weddings. If they were married during that period of time, I did their weddings. And there were a couple of regulars that uh, maybe I didn't do their, they didn't get married, but their best friend was getting married. So there was some referrals, but overall for the, I, I would guarantee that we didn't do a, a lead from that a week, maybe a lead or two a month during that whole five years that I was there. And it wasn't because we, that I was bad at what I did. We were very, we were very good at what we did, but it was just not the right crowd for what uh, what would be driving a wedding? Well, and I think exactly what Cubby was talking. He was talking. You, you. The difference is sometimes the the bar crowd is is like your 21s, your 22s, your 23s, where trivia nights you get you get into that upper end of the 20s, and so it's a little bit more. And I also think though, you know, the, some of the some of our you know people watching this are who are bar DJs and club DJs might be like, yeah, it's working. I think the what the couples are looking for now has changed. To the point that some of them are looking more for that and if you have the ability to do what they've seen there but then also have the ability to perform on the private side you can see that flourish where you know 10 years ago it was i don't know if i want to have the bar dj be my wedding dj very true yep and i I did hear that over the years uh, also from from folks uh let's jump to our next uh, person let's see we got uh, david osborne is up next on tonight's dj and tv training night Welcome back, everybody. Here today we have David Osborne from Sound Insight Productions out of Athens, Georgia. And David, I want to start out our conversation with the kind of the question that we're using for everybody, which is when you think about the time, effort, and money that you've spent or done with leads over the course of your career, what do you think has really been the best ROI for you? In terms of getting more leads? Yes. Oh, 100% investing time and energy into vendor vendors and venues specifically, like growing relationships with people. Um, they talk about in a lot of industries, you know, if, if we were selling widgets, we'd have repeat customers. You're like, you know, I'm a number one repeat customer of amazon.com, I promise you. But our repeat customers are venues and vendors. So that's where we have to put our time and energy. That's a good thought. So what are some of the things that you've done to kind of foster some of those relationships? Um, we do lead reports and we check on, you know, where are these leads coming from? And I can tell you that there's three venues in my town that we work, that we prob- probably make us at least 50% of our entire gross sales. And I'll tell you that I'm spending a lot of time and energy um, giving gifts to people, taking them to lunch, um, hosting things back before COVID. We did a, you know, kind of like the, it already exists, you know, like a not wedding, a fake wedding. We created our own invited vendors. So we're, we're trying to lead the local space and do things and provide value to our vendors. Even during COVID when the fit hit the shan, so to speak, <clears throat> you know, I was doing the weekly Zoom calls to, for the vendors and just getting mental health and space, just being that expert in the room and putting, putting value into their hands uh, beyond just playing music. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, 
those that don't know you, obviously you have a multi-op and and looks like a, a fine crew when you're when you're checking out your website. And we'll talk about that stuff a little bit later. But um, as we talked, you, you mentioned before though, you were not always a multi-op. So what are some of the things that you did early on as as a single op that may have been a little different, obviously, than what you're going to be doing now? Absolutely. Um, when I was a solo op, I also had a day job. So that's a huge part of it. And I didn't have to feed my family with the income that I made. And I took pretty much everything. <laughs> You're like, what is this gig? Is it money? Let's go. And I think um, frustration with the types of clients I was working with was one of the first things that caused me to think about raising prices and thinking about having some boundaries. Um, I, I read a book called Book Yourself Solid, maybe 10 years ago by Michael Port. And it talked about creating your avatar who do you like being around and that sort of thing. That was one of my first just mental shifts already five, six years into DJing where I was like, Hey, uh, we got to do some things here. I got to raise the price, have a minimum, have a threshold, start having some velvet rope policies here. Um, and of course the leads drop every time you do that, but you start to be a lot happier. <laughs> so, um, but like as a solo op, I started to create a brand of who do I like? Who do I have great parties with? Where's the, Where's the pain points with pricing? And then once we move to multi-op, you know, everything changes because it's not just you who's relying on this, it's a whole team. So that struggle, the thing that you hear a lot of people talk about, about creating that avatar, creating that perfect ideal client, you also feel that pressure, like we, we're not hitting our numbers and you have to work. So where can we balance? Where can we kind of finesse that a little bit without losing our soul? Like we want to still generate leads and still be this kind of company but at the same, like, we don't want to work with people that are going to disrespect us. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, we also have to work. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so did you find that you kind of had to change your focus a little bit to, to bring in, you know, because you, like you said, you built that avatar to, to where your company was going to be here. And we'll just, we'll use this as the, as the focal point. Uh, then when you started bringing in the multi-ops, did you, or the, the other people on your team, did you find you had to kind of, I don't want to say water down your brand because I don't mean that, but did you find that you had to be a little bit more broad to, to capture some of those extra leads to fill that spot, especially for your extra crew? Um, actually, I think I kind of zigged and zagged a little bit. And so instead of what I think is a traditional mindset of having, Hey, let's just take more stuff. And, you know, we got to fill out this bottom end and take these leads. Instead, I started a second DJ company. So the second DJ company fields those extra leads. So if it's not a good fit for our premier signature brand, we refer to them to our other brand, which it's okay if they know that they both, both coexist peacefully together, but we don't market them together. Um, they look completely separate on Google and websites and branding and everything. So we're generally able to accept a lot more of our market and those kind of stray things and feed more mouths by having two brands. Okay, nice. Now I'm just curious, do you have is, is there kind of crossover to, like members that work on both sides? Nope. Okay. So, you, so it is completely separate to, to complete different entities like that. Yep. So that's good. All right. So where, what were you doing then to, to generate some of these leads at that point? So, you know, obviously you've built that reputation, your vendors and, and venues are, are sending you leads, but what are some of the things that you've done just to kind of outside of that to, get those get those pieces coming to you yeah we've kind of done it all we've done cattle call bridal shows um we've done 
uh, I think preferred vendor list is probably my number one where I can say, if you can get on a preferred vendor list, that's, you know, it's teaching a man to fish. It's not like you're getting some repeat business there. So um, preferred vendor list is huge. And I've done, you know, going out and shaking hands, kissing babies for a long time. Um, my DJs always have business cards and the ability to respond to a, you know, a manager who's like, Hey, we want you to be on our preferred vendor list. We know where to go from that after that. Um, so that's really huge. We've done, like I said, bridal shows, we've done, um, Google ads, we've done Facebook ads, we've done Instagram ads, and, uh, we've done wedding wire and the knot. That's probably a whole talk for another day <laughs> about how I feel about that. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you feel a little bit trapped with them because sometimes you feel like you have to be on the lists and sometimes you don't get enough business from them. Depend it's market to market. I know some folks who get tremendous re results with wedding wire or the knot or both or neither. Um, so just getting yourself in as many pot places as possible, getting those seven touch points, making sure that they look on the knot, you're there. You look on wedding wire, you're there. You look on Google, you're there. You look on a preferred vendor list, you're there. Oh, we should probably contact these people. That's all. Yeah, because just how, like you said, top of mind, the more they hear your name in any setting, it, it's definitely going to help. Yeah. So, so is there anything that, you, so now that you, you've kind of established yourself as much as that you have, are you still doing a lot of those, um, a lot of those catacalls, a lot of those extra pieces, or are you mainly really just focusing on those venue and vendor relationships? We're really focusing on the relationships. And I think going into 2023, as we try and scale even larger, I think we may revisit some of those things, you know, um, with our, with Sound Insight, um, we're not going to do cattle calls because the price points of where we're at versus where the, the target markets of those shows are at, they just don't jive. It's kind of a waste of time and money. Um, doing small boutique shows, you know, like if we're on a preferred vendor list for Primrose Cottage and they have an open house, we are going to be there absolutely we're going to be there because it's you know 60 people show up and 40 of them are qualified for our services absolutely we're going to book some real shows there with real money um and we will revisit i think as as things unfold and you know if you want to double the size of a team you need double the size of the lead so you know with our with our other company athens dj service i can easily see us doing some of the larger shows and some more traditional marketing like google ads or facebook ads and things like that Nice. So this is going to be kind of an off the wall question and, and, and hopefully I don't take you too off guard. What do you envision uh, might be the next step for lead generation? Like, you know, we, vendors and venues, that's definitely going to be there. But when we're talking about reaching out to some of these people, um, you know, we, what we'd love is for people to book their date around us. And sometimes, you know, if we're getting it from the venue, obviously they already have that. Um, yeah. Do you foresee anything on the, on the horizon that might, that, that someone might want to start working towards to kind of help themselves going forward. hundred percent, 100%. And I, again, the people listening and the, everyone's got a different brand and a price point and expectation. So you might need to do this. You might not need to do this. The price point that I personally book for, I absolutely have a TikTok where I am branding myself. My personal Instagram is a resume. You know, you look on it and there's not a ton of pictures of random you know, me going hiking all over the place. I, you know, I love hiking, but you look at my Instagram, it's me DJing and it's professional photos because the social media, we're getting more and more and more people who are not just like, oh, I want a DJ. I, I literally want that guy. Tell me what he costs. I want that guy. 
that comes from really great personal branding, I think. And so when, when the DJs on our team take the time to generate those really strong relationships or brand themselves or both, they are getting, they're getting way ahead. And that's where we're finding people who are like, I want you tell me when you're open because they've fallen in love with that person. Awesome. Awesome. So the last question I have then, um, if basically if somebody here wants to reach out to you, pick your brain, um, buy you a cup of coffee to talk more, what's the best way that they can reach out to you? Yeah. Two things. Number one, um, come hang out at DJX. I'm doing a seminar on how to grow a, how to grow a high performance team on Wednesday morning. And number two, hit me up on Instagram. It's DJ underscore David Osborne. Awesome. Thank you very much, David. He's with Sound Insight Productions out of Athens, Georgia. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll be right back with the next one. Thanks so much. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. I am with Eric Stoner. Nittany Entertainment out of State College, Pennsylvania, uh, just just up the road for me. And and I, you know, his name is one that I've heard a lot. Um, you know, I go to different places, and oh, I see Nittany Entertainment here. I see him there. Um, so I thought, you know, we, we definitely have to get him in here. So, Eric, one of the questions that I want to ask you, and and to kind of start things out tonight, and this is one that we're kind of throwing out to a lot of every, a lot of people here. When you think about the time, the effort, the money that's involved with lead generation, what do you think has been the best uh, best result, the best ROI for you when it comes to that? Sure. Well, um, we've been established, uh, started in 2000, so uh, probably want a, a decently uh, known company for 22 years. So our biggest return on leads is probably referrals from other vendors. Um, I always look at um, vendors as kind of being a vendor hierarchy. Like you have the venue, you have the photographer, you have the DJ, and then probably everyone else. Um, I like to think of the DJ somewhere kind of in the middle, you know. Um, so you really want to kind of make sure that the venues are happy with what you're doing, you know, showing up early, um, you know, communicating the timeline with them. Um, you know, cleaning up after yourself, uh, you know, leaving the space that you came in as good as, you know, when you arrived, if not better, um, you know, helping them out uh, with anything that they, they need, um, you know, just to, to kind of go above and beyond, because those venues will remember that. And when the bride and groom come in and say, oh, who do you recommend for a DJ? Uh, then Nittany Entertainment is always top of mind. And that's, that's always been my key. Um, I learned that early on when I was training with another DJ company in high school. Um, and uh, she told me, uh, she, we went back in the venue. I'm like, why are we going back in? Because we're, we're all cleaned up. She's like, no, we're going to take this table that they provided us and we're going to put it away because it wasn't out when we got here. So we know where it goes. It goes in this closet. We're going to put it away. And that kind of stuck with me. And that that's something that um, I had my daughter out at a wedding doing a photo booth last weekend, and I took her back in the venue to kind of instill that on her and, and say, look, you know, even though the, the people cleaning up the venue right now probably don't care, someday someone at that venue might see that and you, you and they'll remember that, the, those little things that, that, that take you above and beyond. Um, so we get a ton of referrals from 
from local venues and also local photographers too that understand that we'll work with their timeline. Uh, we're not just going to complain when they take the bride and groom out for the, the golden hour. We'll actually talk with them about how the timeline is going to work the best for everybody. And, and they appreciate that too. And, and we get a lot of referrals from photographers as well. No, DJs don't complain about that. Never. <laughs> I know that's been a hot topic lately. Uh, you know, a lot of photographers are, they got to get those sunset photos, but uh, you know, work, work with them on it. I mean, you can, you can, you can be hard on them and say, Hey, look, like we got to keep somewhat of a timeline, but if you build that rapport with, with your other vendors, they're going to probably listen a little more. I mean, there are some photographers that are just going to do their thing. It is what it is. And I know we're getting off tangent, but if you establish those relationships with the other vendors um, and in my area, we see a lot of the same, um, same photographers, same, uh, you know, venues. If, if you build those relationships, you know, they're going to respect you and they're going to remember you. And then you will be top of mind when they refer you as well. So, uh, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. You know, when we were talking a, a little bit before you came on, uh, you mentioned that you've pretty much always been a multi-op. So what are some things that you've had to do, especially in the beginning, before that that relationship with those venues had started, what are some things that you've done just to really kind of attack um, for, for not just you, but for your entire grouping of, of employees? Yeah, I mean, it's changed so much because when I started, social media wasn't a thing. You know, uh, so you, you had different ways to advertise, you know, bridal shows were a big deal back in the day. So hitting those hard, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough now because it's, it's changed so much that it's, it's, it's almost hard to remember kind of what we did to, to get out there. But I always think, um, you know, you have to, you have to do a quality job. So, you know, don't, don't do a crappy job or, or, you know, you're, you're not going to get referred back. Um, and really, um, you know, it's always been established for me, it's always been establishing those relationships. Um, you know, what, uh, I'll give away one of my secrets here, uh, write this down people, um, over the holidays, I, um, go to all of our favorite, uh, vendors and I send them a card with maybe a gift card to Starbucks or target or something along those lines. Um, so that also keeps us top of mind going into that, you know, busy season, in uh, January, February for the bookings, uh, you know, so, so they remember things like that. And, and I've always kind of tried to do those little things just to have the other vendors kind of keep an eye out for you. So as, as you've come into the, the current market and, and what we're looking at now, and, and you talk about, you know, we those vendor relationships and how, how important they are. Are there other things that you're utilizing or, or, kind of, for lack of better terms, maybe a secondary plan to to kind of keep those leads coming? Because, you know, one of the things that we see, and, and sometimes, unfortunately, with 2020, some of our venues, they didn't make it. And, and so if you were depending too much on those, now you lost a stream of those leads. So is there other things that you're doing to kind of keep those leads coming in? Yes. Um, so there, uh, during the pandemic for us, uh, we switched our whole system out from DJ Event Planner. We went to Dubsado. Now, DJ Event Planner can do exactly what um, you need them to do. So this is not a knock on them. It just worked out better for us to switch um, during the pandemic where we kind of um, were playing around with automation. Um, so our company uses automation a ton um, to qualify the leads. So I know this is a little bit beyond just the lead, but um, we qualify our leads by pretty much when they contact us, 
uh, they will get a, a, an email right away with all of our pricing. Um, so that helps qualify the lead to see if, it, um, if we're in their price range. We're probably considered a, a little bit more expensive of a multi-op um, company. Um, so, so we're probably up there and, um, you know, compared to some of the other multi-ops out there. Uh, so we need to qualify our leads to see if they're, they're going to work. And then um, automation has been, has been big for us too. So uh, if they don't respond back to us, they get an email in four days asking if they have any questions, if they'd like to set up a meeting, um, they can do an auto scheduler right through the emails that we send them. And then if we don't hear from them, we give them a little bit of time. Um, a lot of people may disagree with this, but we wait 21 days uh, to contact them back because People are busy. They get inundated with with uh, calls. And if they want to talk to you, they're probably going to follow up. Uh, but sometimes they get busy and other things get put on their plate. So we kind of think like about that three week time, um, it, let it settle in. And, and if they're serious about it, then they're going to contact you back and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. Or, oh, I had to put it on the back burner, but you're still in our mind. So that. Um, that's something that's worked out really well for us. Um, so during the, the pandemic, we did a lot of automation. Um, something else about the leads that, so I used to spend about $500 a month um, on Facebook and Instagram ads uh, pre-pandemic and our business was great. Um, so during the pandemic, obviously uh, with not a lot of business coming in, we cut all of those ads. And um, to this day, we haven't done any paid advertising with Facebook or Instagram. Um, it was mostly an A-B test to kind of see where we were at with, um, with leads coming in. And our, I mean, I'm sure as most people are right now with uh, supply and demand, our leads are, are through the roof. Uh, so why spend, you know, $6,000 a year in social media advertising? I'm not saying it doesn't work, um, but it, it, it does, in, in my market, it's, there, it really didn't, it's obviously, it doesn't matter for us at this point. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't go back to that if we start seeing the leads fall off. But the, so the demand for events right now is through the roof. Um, you know, we can barely keep up with the, with the, the leads that are coming in. Um, so for us to spend money on that social media, yeah. Um, one other thing, you have to have a decent website. Um, so make sure your website looks good. Like you don't want a GeoCities website from the 90s. Like it's, it's got to look good. Um, so I think our website is good. We just build it in Squarespace. It's, it's nothing too crazy, but you have to have a good looking website. Um, you have to ask your, your clients, follow up with them after you have an event for reviews. You know, you have to um, have good reviews out there. Um, you can also have some reviews that, you know, might be a little suspect that, that shows that you're a real company. Um, and it's how you respond to those reviews that, that show that, you know, you're a legitimate company. It's not just your cousins and your friends that are doing all the reviews for you. But, you know, ask your clients for those reviews because that validates you as a company. Um, so so that, that definitely helps as well. And social media too, uh, I know I've gone on along with this, uh, is important. Uh, so, you know, make sure that you are putting posts out. Um, we do a follow-up with all of our photographers and ask them for professional looking photos. Um, and we ask the brides if, if we can get um, professional photos uh, as well of, of, you know, dancing or first dances, something that um, kind of involves the, the DJ as well. Um, so we try to get a lot of those and then share those out in posts. 
And also, I always ask my DJs to take a couple photos with just their phones at the wedding of something that's unique or something fun or a packed dance floor. And we try to post that in the story the day of. So a lot of our brides will follow along and they like to see that their um, their venue with uplighting or monogram or, you know, obviously a full dance floor or, you know, a bride walking down the aisle or the bride's dog walking in for the ring bear, whatever, you know, whatever it is, anything that's kind of unique put that on the story the day of, and, and, and that helps as well. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I won't keep much in more of your time, but one question, if, if people want to reach out to you, because not only have you told us about lead generation, but you talked about follow-ups, which I think is, is definitely a key to leads that we're going to want to look at, you know, a little bit more in the future. So we might be having you back just because you started this. Um, but if people want to reach out to you, what would be the best way to do so? Yeah, I mean, I'm still an email guy, so you can uh, reach out to Eric, E-R-I-C, at IndieEntertainment.com. Uh, you know, follow us on uh, social media. So our Instagram is Nittany Ent, E-N-T, and Nittany is N-I-T-T-A-N-Y. Uh, in Penn State, there's the Nittany Lions, so that's kind of how we came up with, with our company. Uh, so, yeah, you can follow us there and on Facebook at Nittany Entertainment as well. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Eric. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. With me right now, this is Keith Kramer of KC Sound, Williamsport, PA. And for those of you that know me, that's like the same town. In fact, it's weird that we're doing this on Zoom because he is literally, what are you, two blocks from my house? I, I, I could throw a baseball to your house right now, yeah. I've seen the way you throw maybe not. But you could try. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And with, with all the construction in there, it might take a little bit longer, but yeah. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Our roads are horrible right now. Um, but no, but I, I wanted to bring Keith in because, you know, when I, when I think about the different venues in our area and, and between your social game and everything else, I, I really appreciate what I've seen and what I've always heard about you. So I thought, you know, what better way we're going to bring somebody in who, who can also attest to this and maybe I can steal some of his secrets. So when we think about the time, effort, and money that you spent over the years in lead generation, what would you say tends to be what would you say has worked for you the best? Overall, I would say just maintaining an active website. Um, back in the day, I would say 2010, 2011, 2012, I, I sank all my advertising money into Wedding Wire. Um, and that was when they, they had a lot more than their plat to their platform than just hosting your, your business on there. There was the payment portal, there was the planning, the contracts, they did everything in there. And then they slowly increased their price, but decreased their benefits. And I kind of pulled away from that. And then that's when I started doing uh, wedding shows there. So that started to get the leads up a little bit. But yeah, I would say right now is just, you know, sinking your money into, you know, search engine optimization and, you know, maintaining a really healthy web. Oh, out East quite a bit. Like, yeah, if I remember correctly, like, like you were driving yeah, that, quite a bit. So yeah, I had to make an active decision. Okay. If I'm, if I want to get there, and I had to say, oh, plus with Wedding Wire, because they didn't, they didn't have, you have to choose the area where you want to be advertised at. The best thing for me would have been the Pocono area there because just straight shot on I-80. Okay. So as, as we think about over the years, 
Um, besides, besides the wedding wire that, that kind of created, what are some other things that you've attempted and maybe you've had mediocre results, but you're like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to wash my hands of this. I'm just going to kind of move away from it. Well, actually, I mean, just sticking with the wedding wire, not a little bit, I did try it again about three years ago when the knot and wedding wire actually merged, which I thought that was a big deal because everybody always had their choice. You know, do I go with wedding wire? Do I go with knot? What do the brides go to? But when they merged, I thought, okay, that might be like the, the perfect storm then. And so then they did uh, merge there. And I, I and obviously they increased the price a little bit too, but I didn't really see that much big of a difference from the number of leads that I got compared to what I was getting in the previous. Um, just because I'm like you, I'm a solo op. You know, I don't employ two, three, four DJs there. So I can only take one, one wedding a day. Um, and, you know, maybe two at the most three a weekend. So once you get up to that certain number that you have over the year, you're, you're really, you're just getting leads on top of dates that you can't have. Like, you know, I'm sure you've got, you've returned down October 5th or October 7th, at least five or six times every single year, just because you're already booked there. And that's what I'm starting to get from the wedding and the not just the same um, primary spring or primary fall dates in May or October over and over again. And so it actually just turned out to be more administrative stuff of just, I'm sorry, thank you for your email. I can't do it there. So I just wasn't seeing that return on investment from wedding wire and not. So after a year of, of just analyzing the data, I decided just to, you know, move away from them. I still, I'm still on there on their free accounts and I still get leads every once in a while from them. I'd say maybe two or three a month, but nothing like before. Okay. So you've mentioned uh, search engine op optimization and your website. Is there something in particular that you're doing with that? Has that been kind of a background you've had? Have you hired somebody to kind of help improve that? What are you doing to kind of really uh, make the best use of that for, for your platform? That's actually a great question. I hired GoDaddy.com. Um, not really hire them, but I, but I pay, it's one of the services that I pay for is to, you know, improve your, your Google search. I also, one of the other things I tried is, you know, the, the keyword paying for keyword searches there. Like you, I'm sure you've tried at some point there, just, you know, if people type in this word or that word, you're paying so many cents for every time they type in that word. And I, I didn't see any real benefit to that or any surge in business from that. But, um, I think for whatever it is, I don't know because it's all a package that I get between the domain hosting, the listing and the search engine optimization. I pay a, you know, a flat fee each year. Um, but it helps to boost your Google, your Google listing. Every time I, every time I, um, get a review, I post it on, uh, now it's Google maps instead of Google business, Google maps. I try to get it on wedding wire than not on Facebook. And each time that's up there, that helps to increase your, your listing there. When somebody types in, uh, you know, wedding DJ, DJs near me, you know, or just Casey sound, um, you know, hopefully that helps to, you know, boost your listing on there. So what, when we're, when we're thinking about kind of the next step, is there anything that you're kind of preparing for or that you've actively done to, to generate more leads? And, and I'll be honest, I, I kind of know the answer to this uh, because of, of, you know, following you in certain places, but is, are there things that you're doing to kind of, um, for lack of better terms, help embellish some of those leads that are coming in? Well, a lot of the questions that we, that we get are, can I see what you've done at other weddings? Uh, do you have um, mixes or you know, videos of ceremony and all that? And I'll take like, like you've said, you've seen on Instagram, like 15 second snapshots 
of a ceremony, of an introduction, or first dance or open dancing there. And I'll post that in the stories. And then, so hopefully that'll get them, hey, I, I saw what he did there on a Saturday night. And then immediately on Sunday, then I'll try to post a new post. Um, instead of just a story, I'll try to post the whole thing and try to give credit to the ven this vendor for caterer, this vendor for venue manager, the photographer, the videographer, and try to make sure I include them all. Because if I can get them on there, then they'll get me on their next post too. And be like, oh, wait, you got, you work with that DJ? How is he? So, I mean, in this business, word of mouth, especially in the small community that we're in, word of mouth really is like the best thing. I mean, we, like you said, we've gotten leads from, from venue owners that, hey, this guy was super easy to work with from a photographer. Oh, his schedule, his schedule was really flexible there. We had to take him out suddenly for sunset hour pictures and he just, you know, rolled with the flow. So, I mean, I mean relationships and communication, that's, that's really I would say more than the Google, more than the wire wedding knot or wedding wire, the knot and, you know, wedding shows, bridal shows, I would say word of mouth and relationships with fellow vendors and communication has probably been the key to trying to, you know, stay on top of your game and keeping your, your workflow active. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those venue owners, uh, if you, if you can get in their back pocket, like, you know, to help them in, in any way, that's, that's definitely going to push it forward for sure. So as we wrap up, one question I've got for you, you know, if somebody wants to reach out, they want to buy you a cup of coffee, buy you a beer, what is the best way that they can reach out to Keith Kramer? Well, I'll duck down a little bit. Um, CaseySound.com, uh, Casey, S-O-U-N-D, Casey being my initials, Keith Kramer, uh, CaseySound.com on there, um, the services, the options, the upgrades that you might want. Prices are listed right there on the website. Um, there's a contact form at the bottom of each page if you want to you know, send me an email or if you want to email me directly, it's just keithkramer at gmail.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. And uh, we'll be back with our next one in a few moments. All right. Thanks, Dan. See you guys. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, very special thanks to all of our guests tonight. I mean, you guys did awesome, awesome job. It really it was a lot of fun doing all the interviews. I kind of felt like MJ with like the shirt changes. Like you did. I, I was really, I was noticing that and appreciating that. That looked good. I, I want to say, I want to say apologies to Howie. Howie, thanks for allowing us to go a little bit late. Um, but right now, as soon as we get off, make sure you head on over djntv.com forward slash chill. It's going to be hanging with Howie. You know, after, after you have your seminars, after you have your expo, what do you do? You hang out in the, in the hallways, you get that chat, you go a little bit extra. Um, make sure you go in over and do that and have some fun with him tonight. Excellent. So thank you very much, everybody. Have yourself a good one. See good you next time. Everyone.